2: number one sports talk show is on and now starting an hour earlier welcome inside the radio octagon this is the sports cage on 620 ckrm filling in for michael ball here's sean kleisinger
3: all right here we go it's 307 p.m on this tuesday sean kleisinger sitting here with don hewitt And we are set to bring you three straight hours of sports talk radio. And today's show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries. Bringing communities together. Sask Lottery products fund over 12,000 sports, culture, and recreation groups across Saskatchewan. And as always, all the guests. On today's show, will appear on the Western Pizza Hotline. You can order the Rough Rider Sweet Deal from Western Pizza and enter your name for a chance to watch a game from a stadium luxury suite in 2024. I've always wanted to watch a game in one of those suites. I mean, we have the nicest stadium in Canada. I want to take advantage of it. I want to sit in the suites. So that could be you, and as always, text us up on the text line three zero six nine three six six two six two. Let's get some interaction rolling here. I mean, it's a bye week, but it's not a bye week for us media, and it's not a bye week for the fans. It's time to get this thing rolling, so text us up 306-936-6262 We have a great show lined up for you today. Ryan Hall, the Rams color voice, who will be my color voice on the Regina Rams radio network this season, will be joining us uh, next segment. Can't wait for the season. Thursday is the day, the preseason game. Manitoba Bisons are in town, so we will talk with Ryan Hall about that. And Regina Thunder Offensive Coordinator, Stefan Enson. Well, he's had a nice start to the season. Those Regina Thunder players, I mean, that team, that's a pretty good football team. I mean, they haven't lost a regular season game in, I think, two, three calendar years. So, Yeah. Uh Stephan Inson is going to be coming up here at about 3.35-ish. And a very big day, and we'll get into this a little more later on. But Rob Vanstone, a very big day for our friend Rob Vanstone. Blaine Wyland will be chatting with Rob at 405 Huey's Heroes and Zeros coming up at 435. And our friend Brian Raymond over there at Flowing Springs talking everything golf at, uh, just after 450. And Don Hewitt went for a nice little, uh, swing on the links today. We'll talk about that as well. And, Wide receiver of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders or Slotback, either way that you want to put it, Mitchell Pickton. Nice enough to be joining us here on the bye week. And that's coming up at 5.05. And then the regular installment, uh, installment rather, 5.35. Press coverage with Glenn Suter Don, how are you doing today? That's a lot of talking We have to hear the golden tones of Don Hewitt How are you doing today, sir?
4: I really don't have much of... Oh, sorry, I was doing a ballsy impersonation
3: (laughs) That's not ballsy, that's Don And you're fresh off the links How was the golf course today?
4: Nobody in the radio audience Wants to hear about my golf game
3: I do, I'm here, baby I'm putting my feet up and I want to hear it What are we talking? Maybe a couple bogeys? Did you maybe par a couple holes? Come on, Don, lay it on me Par? what's that? Oh, come on now. Now,
4: I'm more worried about whether Ballsy's at home using his voice or
3: not. Yeah, I told him. He's
4: got to be like absolute silence.
3: Yeah, I told him, I'll do the show today, Ballsy, but you just make sure you lay in your bed and you don't stand up. You don't do anything. You just... Lay there and drink tea for 24 hours because we need Ballsy on these airwaves. So, Ballsy, please get healthy and please take care of yourself. But, I'm worried sick about you. You almost lost your voice on Sunday. But
4: it's foreign to yeah. Ballsy not to talk. Oh, I know. It's foreign. Did so you how know, can
3: he do it? Did you know I was, I was in the bullpen on Sunday, Don? I was getting set yes, to come down to I Mosaic Stadium that. because Ballsy... We all know, I mean, he was battling. He was like a gladiator. The 2000 movie Gladiator, that was the broadcast version of it. Michael Ball got through the game and called one heck of a game alongside Luke Mullender, and arguably, I'm just going to say it, that was the game of the year in the Canadian Football League. (sighs) I might be biased because we're you know we're rider backers, but that was one heck of a game. We're going to talk about it all day long oh, we today.
4: Will. We'll be talking lots about. It. I I wanted to mention off the top though, yep. uh, if I could, Zinger the condolences to the family of Carl Cronell, uh, former rider linebacker, who dies at the age of uh, seventy four uh Carl Cornell played uh for the Saskatchewan Roughriders back in 1981. He won three Grey Cups, two in Montreal, one in Edmonton. Uh, I remember Carl Cornell well, not for his uh, great play on the field, but for other antics. There used to be a, a nightclub oh. in Regina that you've probably never heard of, but old farts like me of my vintage would know it was called the Old Gold. It was on Albert South, have you ever uh, heard of no, the Old Gold?
3: No. That's where it's everybody sort of It's not on duty, went. baby. I don't know it. Yeah. <laughs>
4: well, anyway, that's way back. Yeah. And I remember Carl Cornell at the Old Gold, and he was a great linebacker, very physical, great speed in his prime. But I've never seen...
3: Was he on the his, dance floor at this Old Gold? His maneuvers at wow. the Old Gold
4: were much faster and quicker than anything I ever saw on a football field.
3: That is... Carl
4: he, Cornell. I remember yelling out at the old goal. But anyway.
3: Yeah, I saw that news today. Uh, I think it was Three Down Nation on on uh, on Twitter or X. What do we call this thing? Is it Twitter or X? I'm so confused about this. I'm just going to call well, it Twitter. It's X, yeah, it's X. But it's
4: a baloney. It's a baloney name. It's the dumbest name oh. uh, since the Edmonton Elks.
3: Yeah, well, speaking of. The, or hey, the <laughs>
4: Cleveland Guardians or the New Orleans Pelicans. Hey,
3: since you bring up the Elks, Don, it's a big day for the Edmonton Elks. Let's talk about those green and gold uh, guys a little northwest. of here. Uh, The Edmonton Elks announced Tuesday that Rick Lawlisher, very familiar name to Canadian Football League fans who previously enjoyed a decade of success as the club's president and CEO from 2002 to uh, 2011, I believe it was. So there's a couple, you know, Grey Cup appearances, a couple well, Grey Cup two wins Grey in Cups, there. 2003, 2005. Yeah. The yeah, one did
4: well on the field.
3: Yeah, the one here in Regina versus the Montreal Alouettes, and then the 2005 game was against Montreal. At BC Place, that was the one when Danny Machocha collapsed to his knees before the game was even done, and people were like, "What? The game's not over yet? What are you doing, Danny? Get back on, the, get back on your feet here, my friend." So yeah, uh, Rick Lawisher, who was the club's president from t- uh, 2002 to 2011. He's back. He's returning to the double E, but it's just... Replacing Victor Cui. Yeah, he's replacing Victor Cui. It's just to serve as an interim president and CEO, and it's effective immediately. And uh, this was some audio I scooped up from earlier today. This is Rick Lawlisher on the announcement as he has taken over in the interim.
5: I did not see this coming (laughs) at all. um, But I guess the reason I'm here probably is because I'm a CFL lifer. And I, as some of you know, I've been around for a long time, and um, Joan had to do something to get me out of the house in retirement, so um, I'm clearly putting retirement on hold again. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm going to have to do some, a lot of listening and reading and, and seeing what's going on. Um, I've heard lots of things, but I have not seen it for myself, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to... Uh, on the football side, take it game by game as as you do in football and uh uh we'll take it from there on the business side i'm going to have to look into the uh everything that's been going on in the financials i think it's it's no secret that the team has been struggling, and I'm not going to be able to flip a switch and a change overnight. This is a longer term fix uh, but I've committed to the to Tom and the board that uh, I'll be here for particularly the next four months as, as we look for a, a, a new CEO, and I will not be a candidate as a uh, full-time CEO going forward past my interim basis. So I'll I'll do everything I can to help. I know that I do know the CFL and I know the CFL well and all the players and and I know this city and uh, we've been back now for six months so. Uh, we're looking forward to it, and we'll uh, go from there and see what happens. Uh, Morley Scott from 630 Ched. Uh, Rick, no one, after your years of service
6: here and in BC, no one would have blamed if you wanted to stay in the sunset. Uh, what draws you back to this position, and why is it important to you
5: to come back? The, I've seen a lot in the CFL over my my years, and I, I, I don't think anybody could fathom the, the position that the Elks are in now. Um, clearly the the record of course doesn't help but um <clears throat> the I, as i said i'm a CFL lifer and it's important to me that that all the franchises franchises are strong and um you know i w- i went out to bc on a two year commitment to david Braley to help him sell the team and we pretty much got there but david could never sign off that he, he knew he should sign, sell the team but he never could so and then, of course, COVID hit, and we were there for five years. So um, I'm I'm very pleased that we found uh, Amar Doman, and he's doing a great job out there, and so is Dwayne. So um, CFL needs all strong franchises. You can't have uh, weak ones and strong ones. So um, I've been around the green and gold so long, and I uh, still have green and gold in me, and of some orange, too, but the uh, uh, it means a lot to me to, to uh, that this franchise is, uh, will get back to where it should be and, and be strong on and off the field.
2: You went through a bit of a renaissance in BC
6: with the Lions under the new ownership in the last couple of years. Did you see something there? Did you learn something there
5: that maybe you can put into place here that will help things change here? Yeah, uh, I, I think... Um, Clearly, Amar Doman is is clearly a great owner, and as uh as I told him that he was going to be our poster boy. And uh, but I think we we also you've been there, and I I think I'm pretty proud of the way they put together their game day. And it's you you can't win all the games, you know. If if you could, I'm sure the commissioner would love every team to be nine and nine. And try to figure out the playoffs, but it just doesn't happen that way, so you have to make an event and where where it's fun and fun for families and uh, if you win that's all much better but um it's got to be a fun event it's It's not just a football game
6: Hi Rick hire the successor i
5: I think I can add some stability to the organization and uh um I don't know if it's a strength of mine, but I I know that I never get too high or too low. And um, we've won some championships when I've been here and we've done bad when we've been here. So it it does go up and down in professional sports. I can add the stability to the, particularly the staff. And uh, I started by meeting the board yesterday and the past directors last night and the staff this morning and I'll continue meeting with them, and I'm not going to be able to do it. It's going to take the whole team to do it. So um, as we meet with the staff, that's there's four games left at home. We've got to pay attention to that. Next, I guess in a couple of weeks, we're, I'm sure we're, with the CFL, we're going to start the schedule for next year, and the uh, season seat renewals. Of, uh, so there's no shortage of work to do. But I, I think I can bring that stability to the group.
6: Will you also
7: be involved in choosing the more permanent uh, CEO and president?
5: Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly help where I can. And it's uh, it's not an easy job, as everybody knows. But uh, my commitment to the to Tom and the board is that we'll do everything we can to find the right person because it's going to be a very important hire.
3: Yeah, that's the voice of Rick Lawlisher. Edmonton Elks announced today that Rick Lawlisher, he's back in the green and gold he was with the team from 2002 to 2011 so he's uh serving as the president and ceo in the interim what did you make of those comments don hewitt as far as uh mr rick lawlisher too bad we, they can't keep him all keep him on full time here because it sounds like the guy knows what he's talking about obviously he does he has success in the in the past well i
4: think he said it himself he yeah. knows uh what his own strength is, and he talked about stability. Uh, and it, as he said, he doesn't get too high or low, which is probably uh, sort of a attribute that most good leaders have. Uh, Victor Quee and uh, Chris Jones got along as, as from what we understand, like cat and dog. Mm. Uh, Chris Jones is not an easy dude to get along with, uh, because Chris Jones does not like a boss mm-hmm. he's, he's the boss he's running the show and so there's automatic conflict possibilities with a dude like Chris Jones although some people might argue that maybe Craig Reynolds would argue that but the fact is uh, Lollisher is the type of guy you need to deal with uh, Chris Jones uh, you know because he'll calm the waters with Chris Jones smooth things out and uh you know he's with his experience he'll he'll sort of uh know a general guideline for the team now is he going to be as prolific on social media as victor qui no but he doesn't have to be he mm-hmm. hires people to do that mm-hmm. uh, any good leader delegates he'll know how to delegate uh, to others with more expertise in certain fields so i think this isn't only a A good news situation for the Elks. It's a good news situation for the CFL because, as he said in the clips you pulled, Zinger, uh, uh, with only nine teams, every team has to be strong. And nobody in the CFL likes what's going on with the Elks. In fact, I know a lot of people in Saskatchewan were quite happy when they won their first game uh, in Hamilton this past Mm -hmm. week. Yeah, because it, it's not good to see any team uh, this down and out.
3: Yeah, no. Big day in Edmonton. Very big day in Edmonton, to say the least. And a big day in Montreal as well, because the Montreal Alouettes... Well, quarterback Cody Fajardo, he is uh, set to start against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on Thursday night. That is uh, official as of today. Not like they really missed a beat because they went 2-0 without him in the lineup. But Cody Fajardo will be back in the lineup to kick off this week in the Canadian Football League. A little late for a break. A little late for a break. We are going to hit the break. And on the other side... We will hear from the color voice of the University of Regina Rams, Ryan Hall, here on the Western Pizza Hotline as we are getting set for a big time football game coming up here on Thursday. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM.
2: Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk, this is the Sports
3: Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Sean Kleisinger filling in for Michael Ball today, and we are, what, just about. 48 hours away until kickoff at Mosaic Stadium. It's another year of Sask Milk, Regina Rams football here on 620 Ram, And I am just so thrilled, so thrilled to be the voice of the Rams this year alongside my color man, Ryan Hall, who joins us now on the Western Pizza Hotline. Halsey, I think I'm going to end up calling you Halsey this year. Halsey ballsy. <laughs> hey, uh, Ryan, how you doing today? You excited for Thursday?
7: Oh, man, I'm so excited. Looking forward to it for a couple of months now since since Michael gave me this opportunity. So, yeah, I can't wait for Thursday's exhibition game.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a good one. And this is going to be the only time that you will see a Green Bay Packers fan and a Chicago Bear fan get along in the same booth because yes ryan hall don's looking at me like what (laughs) ryan hall is a
4: viking fan i'm not yeah yeah that's
3: that's right ryan hall is a big chicago (laughs) bear fan i'm a green bay packers fan and don hewitt you are a minnesota vikings fan so we just need to find we just need to find a Lions fan somewhere to your crew then no that wouldn't that be something it it wouldn't work
7: Don, I gotta say I've admired you for years. We've never met, but you know, watching you on TV and listening to the radio, I've always thought you were the smartest sports guy in Regina. Until a few minutes ago when you used ballsy and complete silence in the same sentence.
3: Yeah. <laughs> You're so, right, Ryan. Hey, Ra- Ryan, there's a lot of storylines here uh, to pick up on for this game on Thursday. Now, albeit it's a preseason game, but don't tell that to all these players that are making their way into the lineup because for a lot of these guys, this will be their only opportunity this year to really show what they got. So when you look at this game on Thursday coming up here, uh, what are a few things that really catches your eye, what are you looking forward to?
7: Well, I guess right now, I kind of have Manitoba Bison's goggles on just because mm-hmm. i I just had a conversation with Coach Dobie an hour or so ago and uh and so you know he gave me a lot of really good information about his team and where they're at uh tomorrow's when I'm going to be spending a considerable amount of time with the Rams coaches and players but um yeah, there's a few pretty interesting things like uh Manitoba's really high on their quarterback. Uh, his name is um,
3: Jackson Chisholm, yeah.
7: yeah, and uh, so hes I think he's in his third year with the team and he's picking up from Des Catelier, who's a long-time starter with the Bisons, and uh, they really have high hopes for him. I guess he's just a phenomenal athlete and very smart player as well as very smart person, so so I'm looking forward to seeing him. Another pretty interesting thing that Coach Adobe told me is that they have they've got a great battle going on with their specialists, with their punters and kickers, yeah. And, uh, one of their kickers, uh, is a female. Her name's Maya Turner. And he said, like, she's legit. She's fighting for the starting spot. She's a, uh, transfer soccer player from Loyola, uh, University in Chicago. And, uh, you know, so you you hear about these things and sometimes you kind of wonder, okay, well, is this just a, you know, a token female getting a roster spot on a, on a university football team? But he said, no, it's nothing like that. Like, she's a, she's a legit player.
3: Yeah, they got uh, three kickers and punters in camp right now, the Manitoba Bisons. Uh, You mentioned it uh, Their Turner. Then they have Holman and DeRosa. Of course, last year they had Nico DeFonte, the longtime U-Sports kicker, who, uh, you know, one of the better kickers in U-Sports in recent years. So that's a big transition for the Manitoba Bisons. On the Rams side, I am – I don't – Nowhere to start. I am looking forward to seeing all these position battles. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Noah Pelshay does. You know, this is his second season now as the starter for the University of Regina Rams. All that uh, experience that he gained at Saskatchewan Rough Riders training camp this year. Excited sure. to see how he's going to implement that into not only Thursday's preseason game, but the season ahead.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a big part of how well Noah plays is going to be, of course, the guys in front of him, mm-hmm. and talking to Coach McConkie a while back, I know he's really high about their offensive line,
6: yeah. uh, figures
7: that, that that that's one of the strong points on their team this year, and um, I wouldn't say that that's exactly typical for the, for the Rams, like typically they don't have some of the, the same size that, you know, say a Huskies team would have or something like that, but... For him to to come out of spring camp with that confidence in the O-line, I'm really looking forward to seeing that, and if that translates into a little bit more use of the running game offensively. But they've got some really good receivers as well that Noah can uh, count on, some guys with experience. Uh, Bennett Stusick going into his last year, very reliable, shifty receiver. And um, uh, Dallin Keene, I think, coming off injury from last Mm -hmm. year, he's a big target for them. So, yeah, so... the offense, I think, uh, should be pretty dynamic this year.
3: Yeah, Dallin Keene, he is a six foot five wide receiver out of Miller High School. Like, this guy is a mountain of a receiver. <laughs> he hasn't really reached his potential yet because, like Ryan just said, he he's coming off a knee injury. He missed all of last season. And not to mention that uh, they got Emmett Stedman back at wide receiver. And uh, one guy who is really exciting to watch is uh, Deshaun Mims as well, the son of former saskatchewan rough rider running back robert mims so uh short on time today ryan we're going to have a whole lot more time to talk about everything involving this football game coming up here on thursday thanks for stopping by today and we'll see you on thursday just don't be wearing a bears jersey i might turn around and go home
7: (laughs) (laughs) that's okay i I won't we'll we'll be looking forward to it we'll have a great time on thursday
3: night with the Rams and the Biden. That's Ryan Hall on the Western Pizza Hotline, Don.
4: One guy that I really like in the Rams is a running back uh, Christian Catende. Oh, yeah. At five ten two thirty, I wanted to ask Ryan about him, but we're short on time, but what about him? there, zinger, like this guy, is the yeah, I, human bowling uh, We can ball. go
3: over a bit. I think we still have Ryan on the on the line here. A- I- ask Ryan about uh, Christian Katende. Ryan, you still yeah, there with Christian, us?
7: Yeah, yeah Christian. Uh, I got to know him a little bit when I was teaching at Winston Noll uh, a couple of years ago, and he is he is one of those players that has a really big lower body, like big <laughs> hips and and legs, and and so he'd be like he'd be very hard to tackle. You know, trying to like. Uh, tackle a boulder uh, once it's rolling at (laughs) you so yeah but he's but despite how big he is like he's got really good feet he's a basketball player in high school so he knows how to move his feet and change directions he's not just a a power boy over kind of of a Jerome Bettis type of player Mm -hmm. I would compare him to
3: yeah, yeah, Christian Katende, no doubt about it. He is running back number one this year with uh, Marshall Erickson behind him and Olivier Savard as well. So the Rams' backfield is looking mighty strong to kick off 2023. All right, Ryan Hall, we'll let you go now. You have a good night, and uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Take care, guys. That's Ryan Hall, the color voice of the University of Regina Rams here on 620 CKL Ram getting set for a big game Thursday, Dawn. And by the way, the pregame show on Thursday will start at 530. I believe Balzi said that he is going to be cutting the cage a little shorter and we're gonna pick up our pregame show starting at 5 30 p.m on thursday with kickoff shortly after six
4: i'm looking forward zinger to you and and ryan together in the radio booth that you're going to do a fabulous job
3: oh i appreciate it i've been looking forward to this for a long time don so it's going to be fun to call Rams games all season long right here on the mighty 620 ckl ram we're going to talk some more football on the other side of the break some Regina Thunder football. The Thunder are 2-0 and oh after that thrashing of the Edmonton Wildcats on Sunday. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. Your sports ticker at 335. A big series coming up here for the Toronto Blue Jays. Kicking off tonight in Baltimore, Maryland versus those Orioles. Now, the Jays, they have some winning to do here because the Seattle Mariners, they are winning games. And as it sits right now, the Jays are behind the Seattle Mariners for that third and final wild card spot in the American League. So basically what I'm saying is they can't, blow it in Baltimore. They can't afford to drop two of three. They can't afford to get swept. I'm just saying it. They have to win at least two out of three. I know I'm, I'm probably being overdramatic. It's only August 22nd, but don't tell me I am because I don't care. I want the Jays to win, and I want them uh, to win starting tonight. You say Kikuchi gets to start on the hill tonight for Toronto, so that's good news for that is good news. for the Bluebirds. Because Here's the
4: problem with the Blue Jays. Mm. General Manager ross atkins Mm. i am not a fan anyway keep going i interrupted you
3: that is your sports ticker and we will get to that Don.
2: time now for cougars in the cage a weekly look at the sporting scene of the university of regina
3: here we go cougars in the cage brought to you by freeze tallman since 1956 freeze tallman has been your trusted building materials supplier for every type of project Freeze, Tullman, in Regina and Fort Quapel. Yeah, the spotlight on University of Regina Athletics. So not just the Cougars, but also your University of Regina Rams. And the Rams are in action on Thursday, getting set to take on the Manitoba Bisons. And we are with running back Christian Katende. Christian, how's it feeling, man? It's almost game day.
8: Yeah, very excited. The boys look good. The boys are flying around making plays, so I'm super excited.
3: Uh, do you know yet what kind of playing time you're gonna be getting on uh on Thursday versus Manitoba, or is that uh, still to be determined?
8: Um yeah, I'm not too sure. Gonna leave it up to the coaches. Just uh hoping to get as much playing time as I can, just be on the field with my brothers. So
3: Yeah. Hey, going back into last season. The Regina Rams, they were counted out before the season even began. I mean, they were last in the in the polls. I guess my question is, do you guys carry like a chip on your shoulder how, you know, a lot of people don't expect much from you guys and yet, you know, you consistently put together like a pretty good product on the field? Albeit, yeah, you have a lot of different faces on the defensive side of the ball this year, but is there any chip on your shoulder personally going into this season?
8: Um, yeah, I'd say we definitely play with the chip on our shoulders, but uh, we don't really like to worry about what's going on on the outside. We kind of just focus on ourselves and make sure that we're putting the best 12 on the field to make the plays that we need to make to get the win at the end of the day.
3: Yeah, and uh, your quarterback, Noah Pelsier, he is going into his second full season as the starter for you guys. What are some things that maybe you've noticed different uh, with Noah compared to last season at this time?
8: Um, honestly, just his maturity. He's become such a more, m- much more of a leader on the team. He's showing his depth in the playbook and making plays on the field. So, super excited for him and for him to showcase what he's got and the talent that he has.
3: Growing up, was this kind of always your vision to be a running back on the University of Regina Rams? You played your high school ball at Winston Knoll Collegiate. Was this always kind of the goal for you?
8: Um, honestly, yeah. Just uh, being coached by uh, Chris Warnicky, which is another Rams alumni. He definitely helped me pave the way to the success that I'm, I have now being a, a running back on the team. And I've always envisioned myself playing here in Regina, playing for Coach McConkie. And I'm just glad to have the opportunity to do so.
3: And what are some other guys, either players or coaches, that you might have looked up to on your rise up into the youth sports ranks?
8: Um, I would say... Chris Wernicke was definitely a big one. Uh, Andrew Turbuck, he was also my running backs coach. Pete Pasco helped me out a lot. And uh, Darwin Wagg, actually, uh, he, was my he was my peewee coach. And he's the one who actually transferred me from uh, a D-lineman to a running back because you saw how quick I was. So uh, definitely a quick shout-out to him.
3: Wow. Well, so when did that transition happen? Did you play defensive line at any point in high school? What, when did you uh, make the switch to running back?
8: Um, yeah, I played a little D-tackle in high school, but I, I made the switch to running back when I was in grade 7, and I was, I was predominantly a fullback when I was in the younger ages, like during wee. and that's when uh, Darwin switched me over, and then I became a running back as I aged on, matured, and kind of had a better grasp on the playbook and how to be a running back, and I kind of fell in love with it by the time I got to high school in grade 10.
3: Yeah. And you're, you're like, a, you're on the bigger side, like you're a big back and it's, it's not often where big backs have the speed that you have. Is that something that you've always kind of had in your back pocket, just a fast football player?
8: <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say I, I'd like to be more physical than fast, but uh, I definitely helped myself and, and been working towards, uh, becoming a faster RV. But, uh, I feel like I'll let my play do the talking for me on the field.
3: <laughs> yeah. Do you have any, like, personal goals this year? Do you share that with anybody, or is that something that you just keep in your back back pocket? Personal um, goals.
5: Honestly,
8: just be the best teammate I can be and uh, put as much effort on the field on every play that I can. That's That's kind of my goal, just help the team win.
3: So, the Manitoba Bisons come into town, and then the season opens on September 1st when the UBC Thunderbirds come to Mosaic Stadium. Good luck hey,
2: here Tom, in 2023.
8: Kid. Thank you so much. Appreciate you.
2: It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage
3: on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Three forty one inside the sports cage. Uh, yes, love me some Christian Katende, Don Hewitt.
4: You know, uh, just a little history for you. Yeah. Here's why I like Christian Katende. Uh, back in the day, around like you know, early 70s, uh, there were tight ends in the CFL. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders had a tight end. I believe he played three years, about 70 to 72, named Nolan Bailey. He did that 800 pounds of West Country rock sing-song that the Riders did back in those days, if you remember that. Okay. Now, they had Nolan Bailey listed at 6'2", 240. The reality is he was about 6'1", 265. Mm -hmm. And watching guys trying to tackle Nolan Bailey was hilarious. He had a bit of a gut, which you can't have nowadays too much in football, especially as a receiver. Guys would be bouncing off his gut, they'd be bouncing off his ass, they'd be bouncing off everywhere. They couldn't tackle him. And I loved Nolan Bailey because People were literally springing off of Nolan Bailey, would-be tacklers. And that's why I love watching uh, Christian play football, Katende, for the Rams, because you just watch guys, that they they actually spring off of them. Mm -hmm. They can't tackle the man.
3: Roth, Bailey, Brock, 800 pounds of West Country Rock. 1971 i think that's Tim what you're roth, thinking of
4: clyde brock nolan bailey yeah I, I believe so i think
3: that's what you're thinking of i it is get, i could picture the cover on my mind in in my head because my dad has that on, oh, on, yes. on vinyl right i think they're kind of like sitting in their locker room kind of yeah. lounging back yeah yeah so yeah bringing back the old great members. album great album. i think
4: i think roth was the lead vocalist yeah
3: if you I haven't think. heard it Fire it up. Put it in the old. Well, do we still have those type of machines? I think. Yeah. They're a record players. Yeah. They're making their comeback. Actually, record players. You know. Ask, they are. Yeah. yeah. They are a lot more than about ten years ago. I would say. Hey, after what a game that was. After an opening week victory over the Calgary Colts, Don Hewitt, uh, the Regina Thunder, they kept it rolling on Sunday. I did mean, they ever? Did they ever? I think. Yeah. It was fifty-three to fourteen win over the Edmonton Wildcats. So the Thunder are 2-0 and early on in this PFC schedule and very honored, very excited to be joined by the Regina Thunder Offensive Coordinator, Stefan Ensign on the Western Pizza Hotline. Stefan, how you doing today? Big win on oh. Sunday. You guys are a pretty good football team, huh?
9: Yeah, well, so far so good. First two games, uh, I, I think we got some talent, that's for sure. I'm doing well. Thanks
3: for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thank you. Uh, quarterback Carter Moberg. Let me, let me ask you about that guy. I mean... Uh, what was it like, you know, in training camp? What's it like for a coach when you were in the midst of a close position battle, especially at the quarterback position, because it was neck and neck there in training camp?
9: Yeah, it was. So we got Carter Moberg from Swift Current a couple of years ago. Um, when I first met him. He was at an RMF camp, and you just kept watching this guy that I, I didn't really know throw the ball over the field. So we were we were pretty excited and tried to sign him right away, and then. Nick Castlefield, also a really good quarterback out of Winnipeg, uh, came on with us last year, and it was it was neck and neck. I don't I don't know if I describe quarterback competitions as fun. It's 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 hard. It's hard on the players. It's hard on the coaches. It, it can be tough, but it's, it's the best thing to do to kind of figure out who who's going to lead this team.
3: Yeah. So two weeks in, I guess I'll ask you, what separated Carter Moberg in training camp from the rest? How come he is your starter this year?
9: Carter's got a he put in a lot of work in the off season to a develop relationships with the, with the players and, and start to ascend to kind of a leadership, a leadership role. And then I just, I really like his demeanor on the field. He's calm. Um, he's calm and cool and, and, and knows what's going on and, and processes, um, he processes really quickly. Um, in terms of whether it be the reads or, or differences from things that we see on film. He's, he's, he's done an excellent job of doing that, and it doesn't doesn't hurt
3: that he can throw the ball over the field. Well, that one throw that he made on Sunday, how long of a throw was that, that long touchdown to Isaiah Woodley, I believe it was? That was an absolute oh. Hail Mary. I mean, fill in the blank. I don't even know that was a rocket of a throw, Stephan. <laughs> it was Inson. pretty
9: good. I was, just, I was just watching it on tape yesterday and again today, actually, and it was... Uh, and and there's there's a good example. That's not where we really expected the ball to go and, and he's got so much confidence in his arm that he can, you know, flip flick a ball. You know, 50 some yards right on the money, and, and Isaiah's not a bad guy to be throwing the ball to either.
3: Yeah, Isaiah Woodley, of course, spending some time with the Saskatchewan Roughriders on the on the practice roster. So uh, that's some nice experience that he's bringing back into the Regina Thunder locker room. Stefan Ensign, the Regina Thunder offensive coordinator, with us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. So you guys are 2 0, oh, uh, two straight long alberta road trips to kick off the year. I mean, uh, is that kind of good for yourself and for your team to get those long road trips out of the way early on in the season? Now you have some home cooking on the latter half.
9: Yeah, there's there's a couple of reasons why it's good. One, I think road trips are good for for bonding mm-hmm. for the guys um, and you can just see them really come together, especially with having a new quarterback and a couple of our, our players that were in leadership roles not not being with us this year, you know, having moved on. It's it's interesting and, and good to see on the road some of the younger guys kind of um, put their stamp or leave their mark on the team, which is good. And then the other part of it is, yeah, it's it's tough to hop in a bus. You know, Scotty always says, You know junior football isn't easy right and it's not easy so you know going to Calgary one weekend coming back practicing all week and then back to Edmonton it's nice to have those kind of out of the way and just Winnipeg and Saskatoon less in terms of road trips
3: yeah I, I spoke with Thunder head coach Scott McCauley after your guys's week one win versus the Colts and I asked Scott who was your unsung hero in that Calgary win. So I'm going to ask you, Stefan Inson, who is your unsung hero on offense in the big win in Edmonton versus those Wildcats on Sunday? Who comes to mind?
9: Well, we had a couple of guys. I, Gary Miller was a, he's one of our like, field wide out, wide side field wide out. And if, if you were to watch some of the tape, we had a couple of long runs, and that guy's blocking 30 yards downfield. He's a big, strong person out of Yorkton, and he just uh, – uh, it was it was next level effort like and it was one of those things that you know you don't always look for and you could have taken the plays off and uh, you know, I don't know that he would have been would have really been noticed if he had, but so i I really thought he was an unsung hero and helped him spring some things, as was Ben walls, another slot making his first start with us this this year, and uh, you know, I think he had twelve targets and six catches, hundred yards, a couple touchdowns I thought he played really well.
4: Now, Stephen, it's Don Hewitt here. Now, I used to, hey, believe it or not, uh, used to curl with your dad. <laughs> Is that and right? Believe it or not, your dad thought he was a good curler. <laughs> <laughs> but he was yeah, better right. than me. He was better than me. But he told me way back then, when in his curling days, uh, about, I think you were going to Campbell then, your early days at Campbell, collegiate, right. I believe. And he was just telling me uh, how much... You loved football yourself and how football was really in your blood. And uh, how did that happen? How did you get such an intense interest in football that you still have?
9: Yeah, it's it's almost like a sickness, I'd say. Like I I remember... (laughs) I remember... uh, you know dad playing games it was kind of one of the first my early childhood memories just playing catch with dad in, in the front yard and i used to live on truesdale drive when i was a kid and he would go kind of throw it around and my grandpa mm-hmm. took me to every rider game and i would you know from 1988 on and i used to just, like i was just fascinated with it i couldn't i couldn't get enough of it i always wanted to be involved in football some way or another and you know when i realized i wasn't wasn't quite good enough to play it very for for much past uh junior university is I wanted to be in coaching and I it is I I, I kind of joke with it being a sickness but it really is like I I just love it my my kids love it and it's you know I don't know why it just it just speaks to me for sure
4: well it speaks to you I think because your dad was telling me uh <laughs> just you know how how much of a student you are of the game of football and when you love it like you do stuff and you're good at it automatically
9: well, I think there's I think there's something to be said about that. I, you know, it, it, if you were to if you were to talk to Dad about the history of the Riders, he'd be a, a an encyclopedia on that as well. So, <laughs> yeah. That you know, it doesn't doesn't fall far from the tree. That's for sure the the apple. But that that's what football's about. It's and junior football is especially with the Thunder. It's such a I mentioned earlier. You know, we've had some transition of leadership, and that's kind of what keeps it fresh. Is there's new players all the time. You got to work to get to know them and. You know, what makes them different, what makes them good. You're constantly kind of adjusting your playbook and schemes and how you do things. And um, it's kind of never ending in that way. So, as long as you want to put in the work, um, I think it'll always be kind of an enjoyable, challenging sport.
3: Regina Thunder, offensive coordinator, Stefan Ensign here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Hey, you got to give yourself some credit here, though, Stefan. I mean, you say you weren't good enough to play at the next level, but let's talk about the career that you had a bit because, correct me if I'm wrong. You were a quarterback at Campbell Collegiate, correct? Yep,
9: yeah, yep, yeah, I was a quarterback
3: and, at Campbell, yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you also won a provincial championship with the Campbell Tartans.
9: Well, you you we lost by uh I was I I wasn't on the team. That was the year before oh, we lost see. By I was oh so close to being two yeah.
3: for two. Oh Yeah.
8: Yeah I'm I just sitting here shaking my head.
9: A few years later, but John Ryan was on the on the Sheldon Spartans and he kinda he kind of ended any of those dreams too.
3: so did i just open up an old wound i i i apologize Stefan ensign <laughs> i'm only just getting over it now yeah well,
4: that was a that was like a star-studded no no i mean no fault of yours because i was a star-studded team at sheldon yeah a particular oh, they era.
9: Were, yeah they were unbelievable it was um you know and years later i ended up coaching at sheldon and we had a a fairly star-studded team then that was with, you know, Mark Mueller and Ben Heenan and Jason Price and Colton Solomon and that whole group. It was uh, Sheldon. Sheldon's turned out some teams, that's for sure.
3: Well, I'm sorry. I apologize for opening up the old wounds, <laughs> Stefan Ensen. No worries. I I'm one for two. That's okay. I'm 50% passing on uh today's show. So Stefan Ensign, a big home opener coming up here on Sunday versus the Winnipeg Rifles. I believe uh kickoff is slated for 1 p.m. Uh it's going to be it's going to be fun once again to be at Liable Field in front of the home crowd, isn't it?
9: Yeah, like it's you know, Libel's just the best place to play. I mean, it it feels to us like um, just a packed house. It gets loud. Um, Winnipeg's a team, you know. I was just telling somebody like it's a it's a competition. There's there's some not that there's bad blood, I guess, but you know, it's that's a team that we always can get up for, and and they're they hit hard. They're big players. They're going to be. I think last week's scores, uh, they got the Hilltops beat them pretty good, but I don't think it was conducive or, or a, a, I don't think it was what they are as a team. They're a big, strong, physical group that I, I think should give us a pretty good game. Um, so I'm looking forward to being in front of the home crowd and and uh, just pack the house a
3: rival. Oh, it should be great. Yeah, we'll be watching. There's no Ryder game this week, so it's just pure amateur football. It's uh, Regina Rams on Thursday, then it's the Regina Thunder on Sunday. Thanks for your time today, Stefan Ensign, and good luck the rest of the season. We'll talk to you soon.
9: No worries. Thanks for having me, fellas.
3: That's the uh, Regina Thunder Offensive Coordinator, Stefan Ensign here on the Western Pizza Hotline as we put a bow on our number one. And coming up here in hour two, we are going to hear from... Rob Vanstone, because if you missed the news, well, Rob Vanstone is a part of a very big class as of today, because the 20th anniversary of the Regina Sports Hall of Fame, the inductees were released today. And this year's inductees include Toshi Shinamura, Warren Ponzak, Bob Strum, who we know well here in the sports cage. Erwin Klempner and the Regina Mix 1995 Five-Pin Bowling Team and our friend Rob Vanstone will be going into the Regina Sports Hall of Fame. Great group. Yeah, isn't Great that group. star-studded? Yeah. And our own Blaine Wyland is standing by with Rob Vanstone, and we will check in with those two. On the other side of the news, you are listening to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM.
2: The Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on... And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger.
3: Yeah, it's 4.07 here on this. Rather damp, dreary, I don't know, overcast type of day here in the Queen City. Just plus 23, the high. But hey, it's okay. It's still an up week. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders won on Sunday, so the food is tasting better. The drinks taste better. Sleep feels better. Everything, Dawn is just and it, better. Does
4: this mean you're going to drink more Pepsi and Coke with yes. the addiction you have for Pepsi and Coke, yes. uh, Zinger?
3: People like to crack open or people like to pour a nice hot cup of coffee in the morning. Well not me. I like to roll out of bed and I like to crack an ice cold can of cola. Ah, that's what I'm talking about. No, but uh it's it's uh speaking of sicknesses, I think it might be a sickness. We were talking about Stefan In- Inson having a sickness of passion for football. <laughs> I think I have a sickness well, when it comes to cola products, Don. I this is
4: this, this full bodied Coke and Pepsi. Oh yeah, thinking?
3: I don't I don't mess with the I don't dance with the diet, you kidding me? And you're as slim as can be. Yeah, I'm a slim How does stallion. That work? I don't know, but uh, I'm grateful. You're I'm lucky. thankful. I pray every single day. Today's show is for Saskatchewan Lotteries, bringing communities together. Sask Lottery products fund over twelve thousand sports, culture, and recreation groups across Saskatchewan. So a big shout out to Saskatchewan Lotteries for being on board for every single Tuesday inside the sports cage, and it's a very exciting day today because our good friend Rob Vanstone. He is going into the Regina Sports Hall of Fame, and he is a part of a big star-studded class. Don
4: and Erwin Klepner is going in, and I see Irwin at the Torhill Golf Course. And I would say that Irwin is probably the best golf marshal in the
3: city. Well, I was going to ask you: Are you are you better than Irwin at golf? I doubt it. <laughs> come on, Don. No. Just like Stefan sure wasn't not. giving himself credit for his football knowledge and his, you know, you got to you you gotta, you gotta give yourself some credit, Don Hewitt. I've seen you sink holes in ones on multiple occasions, and you've just kept it under the wraps for years. You haven't said anything about it. You have like three or four holes in ones, and you're just such a humble guy. You don't like to come on these airwaves and tell people.
4: Well, do you, you want to say that with a lie detector attached to your finger?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hey, it could have it could have passed you ruined it man i'm, I'm here for you no I
4: no mean, i'm afraid that's not true
3: ah uh, it's okay though what is true though don is that rob vanstone is one heck oh. of a rider. we've known that for a long time rob vanstone is going into the regina sports hall of fame alongside toshi Shinamura, warren ponzak bob strum and the before mentioned erwin kleppner and as well, the Regina Mix 1995 five-pin bowling team. Rob Vanstone, he is going into the Regina Sports Hall of Fame. And he is standing by with our own Blaine Wyland.
10: All right, I'm joined with one of the newest inductees for the Regina Sports Hall of Fame. Of course, we spent many years reading his work in the Leader Post. And now we can find online at Riderville.com. Of course, I'm talking about Rob Vanstone. Rob after covering sports for so many years, covering, you know, a lot of these athletes that have been entering the Hall of Fame, what's it feel like to be among them?
0: It's still difficult to process. It, uh, it One of those things you never really expect or anticipate um, because you know, I think you you struck on it, Blaine. I mean, it's my job to, and it's been my blessing to be able to cover these great athletes, these great builders, these great teams, uh, these, you know, pillars of our sporting community. And so that's how I've always kind of looked at it as, well, you know, I'm writing the story, but I'm not the story. They're the story. They're the ones who are kind enough to share their story with me and, and take time to talk about what they do and who they did it with and how they're, you know, who they accomplished it with and how, they're, how their teams fared or how they fared. So that's how I always kind of looked at it. it. was kind of an intermediary. It was kind of a conduit between the, the teams or the athletes and the public. And so you never really think about something like, you know, personal recognition or any accolades when... I just look at it like I'm just almost like a conveyor belt. And I'll, I guess, I guess the, the warranty is long past on that conveyor, conveyor belt. But uh, that's how I've kind of perceived it. So you never really I really expect those types of things. I know a lot of people say that, but I was absolutely floored when I got the call from Frank Kovacs uh, uh, not too long ago. I figured he just wanted to go for, for, uh, for riblets. Right. <laughs> and so I guess we still got to go for riblets but uh, I'm, just, I'm just so absolutely blown away by this it, it means a ton and to go in with, with such an illustrious class not only this year but if you look at the, the scroll of inductees who are who are on that list I mean I've nominated some of them who got in you know whether it's, uh, whether it's Frank Kovacs whether it's Wilma Downing I nominated Bob Hughes to go in so I'm so honoured to go in with my mentor and one of my heroes Bob Hughes uh, it's a uh, uh, It's always good to have some extra Roberts in the Hall of Fame.
10: (laughs) Let's go back to the beginning, dinosaurs roamed the earth and then you (laughs) you walked into the Leader Post office for the first time. Do you have any idea, did you even have a, what was your thinking at that time, do you think that this was going to be it, you know, that Regina, Leader Post, that's where you're going to be settling for the majority of your life?
0: Yeah, at that time I just adopted a rescue dinosaur actually. So, (laughs) and uh, uh, it's, I mean that was 1986, my first day at the Leader Post, my first summer job was May 12th of 86 and and, uh, my recollection the time was all I wanted was to make it through August and have that be a good summer tenure and then that turned into a second summer job and that second summer job kept going until February 19th of 2023 when I filed my final story at the Leader Post for the Leader Post of the Regina-Pats game on a Saturday night. Uh, they were deactivating my, my uh, access to this computer system at midnight and I filed at 11.52pm and that was it. And uh, that was a really weird feeling walking out of there. Cause I never, even when 2023 dawned, I never had any expectation or aspiration of being able to, to you know, basically have a second dream job. I just did not think that was possible. And then you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't it was even a, a factor. I figured I would be a leader post lifer. And I think part of me still considers me that. I think after 36, 37 years, I guess I can wear that label, uh, but um this opportunity came about just so unexpectedly and, and, uh, and so joyously that uh, February 19th was my final story for the Leader Post, and February 21st was my first story for Ryderville.com. So uh, there's a myth out there that I retired, and I guess if you want to look at the Saturday or the Sunday and a Monday of a long weekend in, in, uh, in February, yeah, February 18th actually was my last Leader Post story, and then Sunday the 19th, Monday the 20th, and then after that two-day retirement, at 9 a.m. I showed up at uh, Mosaic Stadium. They haven't sent me home yet.
10: But. You say you got a short retirement, breath, Favre?
0: <laughs> yeah, a little less drama too, uh, uh, fewer, and I, I'm quite confident there'll be fewer uh, post uh, uh, fewer post retirement uh, venues. Uh, uh, I, I really hope this is my final job, and I hope this is you know what I do as long as I continue to. To roam the earth, the dinosaurs are gone, but I'm still here, and and so I I just I I love this. I I'd love to keep keep doing this as as long as, as long as they'll have me, as long as most importantly, as long as the readers will have me, because if nobody's reading, there's no really real foundation for having me employed. So that, that's ultimately who I have to thank. Is is you know among the 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 athletes, and the coaches, and the everybody involved with teams is it's the readers and uh, they've they've stuck with me through some some pretty you know tough days and some tough times and uh, and I've gotten to know a lot of them and and made a lot of friends that way and the, the readers aren't granting me their the gift of their time just like the athletes and coaches aren't granting me the gift of their time in the form of interviews and information I don't really have anything to write about or talk about or do because I don't really have any hobbies except what I love to do which is to write and to follow sports
10: of course, I, a lot of people would know about Regina with the Pats, the Riders, but what are some of the other sports stories, sport teams, sports itself that you really enjoyed covering during your time here in Regina?
0: I just loved high school sports and always will. I mean, One of the neat things about this job is that um, I don't really have to walk very far to watch to watch high school football. Just go over to the press box and I can probably just finish my working day, my alleged working day, mm-hmm. watching, watching, you know. O'Neill versus Johnson or something, right? I, I just loved high school sports. And, you know, And it's funny because you start off and you're covering what some people might refer to as some of the lower tier sports. So you start off covering the you know, universities and the high schools and just local sports. And and I always wanted to write about the paths And I actually never wanted to write about the Rough Riders. So I just wanted to kind of maintain that as something that I just followed strictly as a fan. And But then once I got that opportunity, I realized how rewarding it was to be able to, to, I think, satisfy some curiosities and write some books as a result of covering the Rough Riders. But as you kind of go from high schools, universities, and then you cover the Riders and the Pats, you really develop an appreciation as much as you cherish the Riders and the Pats. You also really, enjoy, it really hits you then, once you can put it into context, how special it is to write about the, the uh The high school sports. In many cases, you're you're doing a story on an athlete or a team who may be written about for the first time, may never be written about again. And there's been tens of thousands of articles that I've done over the years. In a lot of cases, you're you're talking to the same people over and over. Those those articles that you've done on somebody who might be a grade ten guard might never get any kind of uh, accolades or publicity again. Those mean something to people. Those end up in scrapbooks. Those end up being you know. talked about within the family for years. And, and uh, I didn't realize that until I could put it into context. And as I got further into my career, I found myself kind of doing more high school and, and community stories than I would have done maybe five or six years in. I just, I just really loved those highly personal stories. And some of those stories that never would have been told had, had you not, had I not, you know, people, in some cases, people not tipped me off about them. said this would be a Interesting person to write about. This would be an interesting team and interesting topic, and and so those were always so near and dear to my heart. You know, high school football and you know just local local sports in general. That's there's and there's such a reservoir of those stories, Blaine. You know, you're just, if you look at a typical year with high school sports, how many student athletes are there in in Regina competing in everything from badminton to to basketball, you know, football to High school hockey. There's so many stories, and because of this, because of those, the sheer volume of participants and coaches, uh, can you? But just there's just so many good stories. You just got to go find them because they're not, they're not readily apparent in a lot of cases. And then when you do, they're just those really those stand out to me as, as much as any stories I've done over my career because they just mean a lot. And I think they, they uh, when people. In, a ca- in some cases, they're opening up to an entire stranger, complete stranger. It's not like, it's not like something you know with the Rough Riders, where the the writer, the players kind of know that there's certain media obligations. But some of the high school athletes, they're, they know, that's not something that's ever on their agenda. And sometimes they're talking to the media for the first time. And I think sometimes you just got to make them comfortable. And sometimes you have to be comfortable with them. Sometimes the stories are highly personal, and the fact that people have have shared them with me so willingly and so devotedly over the years. And, and then people have read them. That's a real enduring soft spot and something that I still hope to do with the Rough Riders is still tell, still, still tell some community stories, and they've given me the free reign to do that. So I look, to, I look forward to that being kind of an evolution of what I do here.
10: Do you ever think back and look back at the, you know, since 1986, and how much, I guess, you know, media as a whole, How much the industry has changed in so many ways since the first day you walked into that office?
0: Well, yeah, I mean it's just the rudiments of of it haven't changed. I still carry a notebook, notepad around, and people can look at me like I'm archaic, which I am. But nobody really uses notepads and the old school method of of, uh, taking notes anymore. Uh, I might as well bring an abacus or a typewriter. Uh, You know, but the the, the fundamentals of the job haven't changed. You're still interviewing. You're still telling a story. what has changed is that, you know, once upon a time, if you're looking for an obscure fact uh, or to confirm something or to confirm a date, once upon a time I'd have to go into the Leader Post library and bury myself in microfilms day by day by day, page by page by page. And that was often a two or three tile and all process until you found that elusive fact, if in fact you found it at all, because it was really a needle in a haystack. Now you can Google that information. Now there's websites like newspapers.com where you can look back and, and find things that would have probably required a plane ride once upon a time to go to the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania Public Library and find that again on the microfilm. So it's just the, there's so much at your fingertips now. That has really changed. Uh, I mean, obviously social media and the internet and all that. I mean, that's changed the whole foundation of what people do. But the job itself, I still feel like it's kind of the same process on May 12th as it was on May 12th, 1986 or May 17th, 1986, when I did my first story on wheelchair rugby at the U of R gym. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, Rob, have you thought about it all
10: what's going to happen October 5th when you step up and you accept your, uh, you know, your induction to the Retirement Sports Hall of Fame?
0: It's going to be emotional because um, I, I, I'm kind of stealing myself for this and preparing for it, but I, I think part of me would refer, reflexively look out into the audience and just kind of look for my mom. I lost my mom December 11th of 2019. I know how proud she'd be, and uh, you know I'm fortunate that you know people who are dear to me are going to be there, and uh, I'm so honored that some people have already off you know asked if they can how they can get tickets how they can go and and things like that. So, I mean my wife's going to be there. I don't think they let my no, don't think they let my dog in, but I'm going to try. <laughs> Sorry, Candy. We'll have to leave you at home for a while. Um, that's going to be really interesting just to look out, and I, I'm not really sure what that's going to be like, because as much as I've self-indulgently written about myself over the years, there's not really many times where you just stand up and the whole objective is to talk about yourself a little bit. And and there's so much that goes into it, as you can tell by my endless answers here. And so I just, I wonder what it's going to be like, A, doing that, because I'm uncomfortable with public speaking. I've just never really been, it's never really agreed with me. I get really frightened. It's terrifying. So the, A, am I going to uh, just, embarrass myself up there and be uh, you know the five minutes they've allotted us five minutes to speak and as you can tell by this I can use up five minutes in one answer there's so much to condense and there's so many people to thank and there's people that I dearly miss like my parents and so uh, and without them you know you know without my dad uh, fostering in me a love of reading and giving me an unlimited budget to buy any book or magazine that I ever wanted and without my mom taking me to Ryder Games when she was pregnant uh, 1963 and uh, my mom taking me to the Grey Cups in 76, 78, 79, 80, 80, 81. You know, my mom and I go in on dash tours, bus trips all over Western Canada when I was in my early years of high school, all 12 years of my years in high school. So <laughs> they didn't give me a diploma. They gave me a gold watch. <laughs> the teachers called me, sir. And uh, so um, all that stuff's going to, I guess, as it is now thinking out loud, I'm trying to compress all that into five minutes. And you want to thank the right people. You don't want to miss anybody, And, you, and uh, but I know I'm going to miss my mom. And I'm going to miss my dad, and I hope I can get through that without, without uh, getting too maudlin or getting too emotional. Because I just, I know my mom especially would have loved it. She kept scrapbooks of everything I wrote from 1986 to 2019, and uh, and for that alone, she should be in the hall of fame. <laughs> I'm really glad that I'll have an opportunity to go up there on, on uh, October 5th and and acknowledge, uh, uh, G. Helen Vanstone, Mather, my mom, and Alan Vanstone, my my father, because uh, I owe them so much and I miss them so much.
10: All right, Rob, well, once again, congratulations. And now, guys like me, we all we like enjoy these days because we get the pick off information from you. So, once again, congratulations. A well deserved honor for you.
0: Oh, thanks, Blaine. If I, if I knew that people were picking off the information, I would verify its accuracy. I'll have to double check everything for now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's uh, the voice of Rob Vanstone, who is being inducted into the Regina Sports Hall of Fame coming up here on October 5th, Don.
4: Right, well I used to know Dave Ash that ran Dash Tours and he gave me a deal if I was the host of a bus uh, you know, looked after people that I'd get a free trip. Mm-hmm. So um, Helen and Rob Vanstone were clients, if you can say that very loosely. Mm-hmm. I was on several uh, Dash Tour buses with them and I can say the one thing about the two of them, Helen and Rob, they were just so happy and thrilled to be in a bus trip Go to a rider away game they were beaming they mm-hmm. both their eyes were just lit up with joy it's sort of like one of the major things they live for and and the the how do you say this it's sort of the the unity and togetherness of that mother and son combination was you could see it was so deep yeah and so wonderful and of course he misses his mom but the one thing that Rob always understood as a reporter was I'm not the story it's not about me the reporter you are just a conduit between in terms of sports the athlete to the fans you are not the important one it's the athlete telling his story to the fans that's important and that's what I always believed in in my reporting days, and I know that's what Rob did as well. It's not about you at all. And uh, that's what made Rob Vanstone uh, so good and still does because the material he's... uh, Writing about on Ryderville is outstanding, and in fact, I'm going to be mentioning some of that in My Heroes yeah. and Zeros coming up.
3: Yeah, it's coming up here in a few minutes. I couldn't say it any better myself. Rob Vanstone, absolute legend here in the city of Regina and the province of Saskatchewan. So much great work done over the years. The only bad thing is he's a Denver Broncos fan, but hey, whatever. I guess there's you can't have it all, Don Hewitt. You know what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. He always well, I, liked- hope,
4: I hope Frankie Kovac's the old power forward for the Pats allows Rob to have candy at the induction ceremony because if candy's there. Yeah, It'll be the icing on the cake uh, for Rob and his wife.
3: Candy needs to be on the stage beside Rob Vanstone when he's making his speech. <laughs> so. it, it just needs to happen. That was a yeah. great conversation there from Blaine Wyland alongside Rob Vanstone. And uh big thank you once again, Blaine, for uh, uh catching up with Rob on this big day. We are going to hit the break here. On the other side of the break, it is Don Hewitt's. Heroes and zeros. Last week we had three zeros, I think, in one, in one hero. Maybe a little bit of a flip of the script in store for you. That's what you call a teaser. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
2: Time now for the Cage Clutch Reformer on 620 CKRM. This is his power side right here. Swinging lefty. Home run tonight. His 50s. Second, here's a high drive, deep right field. He's done it again! Cal Raleigh, everybody! A two-run homer, and the Mariners have double figures here in Chicago. It's 11-1 Seattle.
3: Three-run, Jack. For Cal Raleigh, wow! Yeah, and Blue Jay fans might not want to hear this, but Cal Raleigh of the Seattle Mariners was on fire yesterday. And I say that because the Mariners are neck and neck with the Toronto Blue Jays for that final wild card spot in the American League right now. And Mariners catcher Cal Raleigh had three hits and six RBIs yesterday and the Mariners 14-2 thumping of the White Sox. So the Blue Jays, they have some winning to do if they want to keep pace with those Mariners. Cal Raleigh is your sports cage clutch performer for Nick service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. Our sports ticker at four thirty-four is brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed they will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. I thought I was losing my voice there, just like Ballsy. Did you hear that, Don? I have a little raspiness there. <laughs> I'm doing a ballsy impersonation here for this for this sports ticker. Hey, the Montreal Alouettes, <laughs> their quarterback. Cody Fajardo will start against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on Thursday night. Fajardo, uh, Fajardo dressed in an emergency role behind quarterbacks Caleb Evans and Davis Alexander in the club's 25-24 win over uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks this past week. Montreal went 2-0, by the way, in Fajardo's absence, so just keep that in mind. But and Cody
4: Caleb Evans is... Sort of proof of being patient with a young rookie quarterback because he's starting to the the, the lights going on over his head now mm-hmm. about how to move and score in the CFL uh, on the CFL field as a quarterback.
3: Yeah, that's true. In the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have named Baker Mayfield their starting quarterback, beating out Kyle Trask in the training camp battle. So Baker Mayfield once again starting for an NFL team. It makes you wonder how many more shots is this guy gonna get. Elsewhere in the National Football League today, Eagles and Colts, they had a training camp practice today, and things got a little spicy, as Eagles defensive end Derek Bennett, he punched Colts rookie first-round quarterback Anthony Richardson in the face, and things got wild after that, you can imagine, so that's what happens, I guess, when you have two teams going toe-to-toe with each other in training camp you yep. know that's uh bound to happen but maybe that's a little too far punching a first round pick in the face quarterback though well that
4: reminds me of the idiot Dion sanders uh, of course the former nfl great in colorado i believe he's coaching in colorado yeah now. colorado buffalo Two Buffaloes, guys yeah. uh squared off had a little bit of a fight he wanted everybody to square off that like is the whole just team wild. to go one on one.
3: Yeah, and Deion- like how
4: absolutely <laughs> dumb is that, folks? Deion Sanders, great football <laughs> player, but coach wanting everybody to square up. <laughs> what the?
2: The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game.
3: The CFL report is for Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boater pontoon from Kevin's Marine in Fort Qu'Appelle. Kevin'sMarine.com. And Edmonton Oaks quarterback Trey Ford has been named the CFL's top performer for week 11 by Pro Football Focus. The Canadian passer completed 13 of 18 pass attempts for 174 yards. He had two touchdowns and Edmonton's first victory of the season over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And Trey Ford also ran the ball five times for 60 yards, and he earned an individual grade of 91.7. So that's good enough for number one in the league. Marial Alouette's linebacker Tyrell Richards was the highest graded defensive performer of the week after recording two tackles and one forced fumble in the team's 25-24 victory over those Ottawa Red Blacks. And back to Trey Ford, a big reason why he was the league's top performer of this week? Well, the Edmonton Elks had the highest graded offensive line of the week following their win against the Ticats, earning a group total grade of nearly 80. So, yeah, this is fun. The CFL partnered with Pro Football Focus for the first time ahead of the 2023 season here, and the American company uses game footage to review every single player on the field, and then they grade them accordingly. You can check out the grades every single week on 3Down Nation. There's your Tuesday CFL report. Follow us on
2: Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio
3: 620 CKRM. 4.38 4.38 on this Overcast Tuesday in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, North America. We are here. It's a bye week. And uh, very excited to chat with Saskatchewan Rough Riders receiver Mitchell Picton at 5.05. I believe Mitchell Picton, he is on his way to uh, a golf course. Don, I know you took part in some golf today. I believe Mitchell Picton and the boys are going to be golfing up a storm well, today.
4: I will guarantee you one thing. Mitchell Picton is a better golfer than I am.
3: Hmm. Well, hey.
4: That is about as obvious as i don't know blue sky Dawn,
3: once again i've seen you sink the hole in once come on ride with me here that's what
4: happens when you drink too many full-bodied coke folks. yeah you
3: like that right after i said that i went to the cooler and i got myself an ice crispy a nice <laughs> ice cold cola in my belly anyway it's gonna well, last me
4: it'd be fun to talk to mitch about that great catch you made at the sideline and he just knew he made it
3: yeah, yeah. he
4: just could see that he made it he knew it right away
3: yeah Well, for sure, that left foot was down before his right one was on the line. And, hey, Don, we don't usually – we're going to get into heroes and zeros right away here, but we usually don't like to praise our rival out east. But, hey, we got to give credit where the credit is due because this is pretty awesome. I saw this today. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they have donated 525 new football helmets. That was good to the 35 high school football programs across the province of Manitoba. And we all know helmets, they are not cheap. I mean, at the cost Mm -hmm. of approximately $425 each, the value of the helmets is worth close to $225,000, if my math serves me correct. So the Blue Bombers have donated over $300,000 in equipment to youth programs this year and had over 1,000 youth participate in free football camps offered by the team. So that And, and is, you know,
4: that's what a community-owned CFL team can do mm-hmm. uh, uh, for their communities. Uh, I mean... Edmonton uh community owned team saskatchewan community owned team in Winnipeg and I think uh, when you see these community owned teams doing things like that, it makes you f- feel really good as a shareholder because every everybody in Saskatchewan is a rough rider shareholder, even if they don't actually have the official share but and there was talk with all the problems with the Elks up in Edmonton that uh could. An owner come in and you know buy the team they wouldn't be community owned anymore and try to save them etc there was talk a lot of talk up there about that and you you know you hope not because Mm -hmm. the CFL is unique with three community-owned teams I, I think it brings fans sort of closer to the club in some respects and i hope it doesn't happen i hope those three teams remain community-owned yeah. and that's that's the reason why with all those football helmets
3: yeah it's the heart it's like the heartbeat of the league those community-owned franchises and like the best part about them donating these helmets to schools the best part about this whole situation is that the schools can rip that w off the helmet and mm. throw it in the garbage that's what i'm talking uh, about uh, hey well d- yeah. I mean,
4: the one the one thing that's worrisome sometimes with minor football in high school, and 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 I'm not saying it happens here or, or in Saskatchewan, but if you have. A helmet that doesn't fit properly. Obviously, you can get injured and you have a higher chance of Mm. concussion. So it's great to see these helmets going out into the community.
3: Yeah, that's uh, great news today. Winnipeg Blue Bombers donating, donating 525 new football helmets to the 35 high school football programs across Manitoba. All right, Don, it's about that time. It's time for Huey's Heroes and Zeros. Now, for our listeners that caught last week's installment, well, Don, he was... He was feeling a bit peckish. He was feeling a bit angry because Don Hewitt last week, he had three zeros to just one hero. And Don Hewitt, what do we have in store this week? Is it about the same? Are we going to even things out? What do you got for me this week here on August 22nd?
4: Well, the boss of Sports Cage is Balsy. So, I mean, yeah. I've never actually asked his permission to do this because he's told me it's two each. Mm-hmm. But I flipped the script last week with three zeros and a hero. And I'm flipping it again this week with three heroes and one zero. Okay. Did I say that right? Yeah. And I'm all doing it hoping that I don't get balled out by Balsy, pardon the pun. Hey, this is, your, this is your
3: say segment you're you're at the line of scrimmage if you want to make a change you know yeah you're, do the you're like a quarterback who's given the permission to make changes if you want so here we go well what, what I'll, we got?
4: I'll try to go back to two and two next week yeah okay let's go to first hero i'm gonna go do the first three heroes all in a row and then yeah. do the zero so the first hero definitely the great unified team effort uh which resulted in much more physicality for the Rough Riders Sunday versus B.C. The Riders defended their own turf, and that's what fans want to see. That's what we haven't been seeing at times. They defended Mosaic Stadium turf. In the second quarter, I thought in particular, the Lions wanted to, I don't know if you could use "gooning up in football a bit, but they wanted to show their physical dominance over Saskatchewan. It has happened this year. We all know that. And the Rough Riders, their response was no. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to happen on this particular Sunday night at Mosaic Stadium. And the players set the tone for each other with some big hits uh, right away off the bat. And, you know, you know you've know, you played football, Zinger. That gets contagious. That'll spread through the entire team as the game goes on. I mean, T.J. Brunson Ooh. with his hit on Williams, the lion returner, was Maybe the hardest hit I've seen at the new Mosaic Stadium. I remember way back in the 60s when Wayne Harris lowered the boom on George Reed and it echoed <laughs> the old Taylor Field. But that hit was, uh, was reminded was me special, of that. Man. I didn't hear an echo, but that was crazy. And I mean, it, it went through the whole club on this particular night. And, and the effort the receivers gave for Jake Dolagala was tremendous. Uh, Sam Emelis, uh, of course, an example of that with two unbelievable receptions, particularly one, the O-line with their best effort of the season. Jamal Morrill, his touchdown. Uh, How the O-line blocked that up, made their seals on the blocks. I mean, he could have walked into the end zone uh, backwards. And, uh, you know, and despite the injuries that they got, uh, through the game, when two players went down, the Ryder defense bent, but it didn't break. Uh, Anthony Lanier Ooh. went roughshod. I mean, I'm going to get into this, tie this into the second hero, but, yeah. you know, overall, the Riders playing like a team in all three phases special teams, offense, defense. His number one hero for sure
3: that was basically what you were saying in the and in countdown to kickoff as well you wanted to see you you were telling Daniela and wes that you basically wanted to see the riders come out there and you know show some kind of heart and would you say that they exceeded your expectations were you expecting a performance like that on sunday
4: oh i i well i would say uh, i was very pleased to see it yeah but now we need to see that every game mm. i mean that's sh- that to me is at home particularly, but all year, that should be the expectation. That's what Saskatchewan fans should expect from this football team, uh, that physicality and that determination, but they got it. Yep. Uh, that's why I think uh, you know Labor Day Sunday with the Bombers coming into town will now sell out because I think people weren't seeing enough of that and they saw it, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to respond and, and sell the, the joint out uh, what is it? The 3rd of September. So yeah. the 3rd of September. All right. So, so that's number one. That's it's on the number board. One that's heroes. your number
3: one hero. What's number two here?
4: Well, you got to go second hero, uh, Jake Dolagala, three touchdown passes. And, uh, you know, his, you know, generating four majors with the help from his teammates. Uh, you know, Zinger, this is the first time that Jake Dolagala had a full week of reps for the first team offense. I, I don't believe he had that when he had to play in that COVID game. Uh, with the Argonauts. Uh, But what I was impressed with was this. It's what he did somewhat off the field. After the game, he gave most of the credit, almost all, to his teammates, and in particular, the defense. Mm -hmm. He played played a great game, but he just talked about how the defense won it for him. And, And the translation of that to me is the Rough Riders players, I believe, want... Jake Dolagala as their quarterback. I think the offensive line wants him as their quarterback, and I think the receivers want him as their quarterback. That's the sense I get. I haven't seen that much effort all year, and it. it I think some of it was for Jake. And, uh, you know, all threes, three phases of the game, uh, you know, uh, it was there, and, uh, yeah, I... I, I can't see anybody taking the ball away from Jake Dolagala right now at all. Now, he'll have you know possibly his third start, likely his third start on Labor Day. It's not like he's just going to be going down the field, zooming down the field with a third start or a fourth start or a fifth start. But I'm telling you, Jake Dolagala's is the guy. Yeah, well, that he's, these players want.
3: Yeah, he's for sure has earned uh, you know the start here on Labor Day. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, with that said, I know Ballsey has been, and Ballsey and I were talking about this on, what day is it today? Well, it's Tuesday. Well, yesterday, mm-hmm. there was, you know, some nitpicking things where, you know, there was maybe two or three interceptions that might have been dropped. And, you know, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, Don Hewitt, but in a lot of different ways, things could have been twisted but the the bottom the bottom line is they weren't, so well, jake dolagala at the bottom line, you look at the stat line he played great, but uh there's always room room for that growth oh, of like course. on the, on that one on that yeah. one throw that he was uh i think it was to Sam Melis going right to left. It just seems like he just needs to step into his throws a bit more, and Jake dolagala oh, sometimes yeah. it's a little more of a it's a little bit too much of a a touch. You know, you just gotta, you just gotta trust it and rip it. But with that said, I 100% agree with uh, like the vibe. It just feels like the vibe around. It's the vibe. It, yeah, it, exactly. It, it's the vibe. It feels like not only the offense, but just as a whole. Maybe it's because Coach Craig Dickinson got so fired up during the week. He got fired up during practice a few times.
4: Yep, and that that was know? good
3: to see. So from Craig, but I don't way. want to seem like I'm uh, because Jake Doolingala he played an outstanding game. But well,
4: nobody nobody the, is going to expect a quarterback no. in his second start to be a perfect quarterback in his 100th start isn't perfect
3: yeah and like so I was saying, certainly
4: certainly there's things to work on
3: yeah and like I was saying yesterday like we should just be this kind of counters the point that I just made but I'm kind of playing both sides of the fence we just have to be happy with the performance that he did put together because with that said like some of the throws he was making they were decisive they were on time and and they were on point. I mean, I, I'll bring this up with with uh, Mitch at 5.05, but that one throw that he made to Mitch Picton along mm-hmm. the sidelines said this yesterday. I don't think there's too many quarterbacks in the CFL that can make that throw rolling left, flick not of a, the wrist.
4: There's not a lot of receivers have the hands yeah. to make that catch like Mitch
3: did yeah. so, either. But anyway,
4: so i got uh, to go to my third hero. Yeah, yeah
3: so what's hero three? This
4: is my third hero. Now, Now, uh, Rob Vanstone, we heard uh, from Rob earlier, uh, in the show with Blaine, uh, he had some interesting insight on the uh, Ryder website and app this morning about what happened in the Saskatchewan dressing room after the BC game. Uh, Rider general manager Jeremy O'Day stepped in after the game balls were presented to uh, Larry Dean, uh, Kosi Onyaka and Sam Emelis. Of course, they give a game ball to each player on, on the three phases of the tilt. Mm-hmm. And he stepped in after that and presented a fourth game ball to head coach Craig Dickinson. And that's a rare event. And I think O'Day's timing to do that in front of the team was absolutely perfect. O'Day telling the team that uh, he has, being Craig, the head coach, has the full support from him and the management regardless of the tough times they've had previous through the 2023 season and that everybody's together, players, coaches, and management. And I felt the day was showing some some good leadership there Mm -hmm. in putting faith, showing the players that he's putting faith in Craig. It was, I think, a great moment for the team. And I think moments like that sometimes can resonate through the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, as things go on, and let's hope so. But so, I, I really like the move, the Jeremy Day. It's uh, probably very instinctual. Who knows if he yeah. he couldn't have had a plan because he didn't know how that game would go. Yeah, I, I but love, I just think he he had a gut reaction. It was a good one.
3: Yeah, I love watching those locker room vids. I saw that one on Twitter as well. So those are your three heroes. Hold on to your zero, Don Hewitt. We've because, run out of time because we are going to address your zero at around five twenty.
4: Nine zero. Oh, and one quick uh, you're talking about the pro football focus. Micah Johnson, Mm -hmm. top grade for a defensive lineman. There you go. We saw 80.1. TJ Brunson. Yeah. Top grade for special teams, ninety point nine.
3: Now those are the numbers we like to hear. So, stay tuned for Don Hewitt zero. It's coming up at five twenty. We're going to take a break, and on the other side, we're going to check in with our friend Brian Raymond over there at Flowing Springs. Don here, uh, Don Hewitt, Heroes and Zeroes will continue at five twenty here on the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on six twenty CKLM. You're
2: listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, The Sports Cage
3: on 620 CKRM. All right, it's 4.56 inside The Sports Cage. Here on this Tuesday for Saskatchewan Lotteries, and keep it tuned in because we will be playing Sastel. Pick the Score a little later on today, giving away tickets to the next Rider home game. And, oh, yeah, the next Rider home game is the Labor Day Classic which I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like Don Hewitt was saying, I think this is going to be a sold-out Labor Day Classic. Just like the old days. Just like it should be. And uh, we are on the path of creating some more memories at the new Mosaic Stadium. And one of the best rider memories at the new stadium would have to be the 2019 Labor Day Classic, of course. Brett Lother straight into pill country after the game winner. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have some more memories in store for us here in 2023, so you can win yourself a pair of tickets of those uh, to the Labor Day Classic a little later on in the show with Sastel pick the score. But right now we are going to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and head on over to Flowing Springs and chat with our friend Brian Raymond. Brian, how did you enjoy the Rider game? On it was us? awesome. Yeah, what
11: a great. You know, I don't know that it had to be as close as it was, but uh, I thought the team played really, really well.
3: Yeah, I mean, eighteen. 18-point lead, I believe it was, heading into the fourth quarter. Things got a little, you know, scary, a little hairy at the end there, but the riders uh, come in the clutch, pick up the win, and it's a bye week, and it's a bye week for the players, and I'm sure a lot of players will be golfing uh, this week, and uh, maybe they can head on over to flowing springs. What kind of deals do you have in store this week, uh, Brian?
11: Tomorrow's Wednesday, and every Monday and every Wednesday, if you're a lady or a senior, over 60, you pay $32. If you're neither of those, we still have a great deal. It's only $42 to come out and play the golf course tomorrow. And uh, after 3 o'clock, it's our early twilight. It's only $35 to play, and we still have every day of the week. After 6 o'clock, it's only $19. And by the way, next Monday, that start time for the late twilight, the $19 one, is at 5.30 because the late days are getting a little shorter, folks, so you got to get out.
3: Yeah, and if somebody wants to book a tee time for, like, the weekend, are you booking into the weekend right now online and if you uh, get a phone call?
11: Yes, we most certainly are taking bookings for the weekend and you know those Saturdays usually fill up pretty good and so does Sunday morning. But anyways, yeah, if you want to book a, ti- a tee time, give us a call at 306 543 and you can book online at flowingsprings.com. And of course we have that fabulous all-grass driving range if you're uh, looking for an opportunity to do some practicing or take out some frustration.
4: You know, there's two things I like about Brian Raymond. Uh, let's make it three. Number one, he's a really good golfer. And number two, he's he's pretty darn good at the playoff draft, playoff pools in the NHL. He always beats me. And number three, and the most important thing, and the biggest reason I really like Brian Raymond. Do you have a drum roll, Zinger? boom. boom, boom. <laughs> That's a, oh, that's a fake one. Oh, well. No, this, this isn't good.
3: fake. This is as real as it gets.
4: <laughs> Brian Raymond, ladies and gentlemen, is a Montreal
3: Canadiens fan. Hey, we got three of them yeah. on the air right here. Let's <laughs> go. Uh, Canet de Montréal. Canet de Montreal. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Brian, thanks for your time today, my friend. We got to go to news. All right. Take care. <laughs> All right, Brian. That's Brian Raymond over there at Flowing Springs. Canet <laughs> de Montréal. I think I'm saying that pretty good, Don. Is that pretty good French? I think
4: it's spot
3: on. Oh, I appreciate you, Donna. Spot on. Hey, Mitchell Picton of your Saskatchewan Rough is waiting in the wings. We are going to chat with him on the other side of the 5 o'clock news. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM.
2: Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the radio octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Gleisinger.
3: All right, hour three inside the sports cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries. Bringing communities together, Sask Lottery products fund over 12,000 sports, culture, and recreation groups across Saskatchewan. We are going to get this hour started in style here. You know, nice enough to join us on the bye week. Fresh off a huge win on Sunday at Mosaic Stadium, Saskatchewan Rough Riders receiver Mitchell Picton on the Western Pizza Hotline. So, uh, Mitch, how many rounds of golf do you have in store here this week? What's the golf game looking like?
8: <laughs>
1: I played, uh, played yesterday and then uh, again this afternoon. Hoping to get a couple in, uh, in this week over the bye. My stuck around, so uh, I think maybe we'll be out a few times.
3: Who's the best golfer on the team, do you think?
1: Um... It's got to be a tie, I think. They're really close, but it'd be uh, actually Dolegala and Adam Korzack. Both those guys can play.
3: Wow! I want to see Jake Dolegala swing a club. Where can I purchase tickets? That would be awesome. Um,
1: <laughs> he can hit it a mile.
3: Wow! How's it like? How's your game personally? Like, are, do you have a good drive? Do you are you good on the greens? Like, what's Mitchell Pickton's golf game look like?
1: Uh. Uh my putter's actually been working for me lately, so uh yeah, I'm not too bad. I can get around the course but uh not scaring any course records, that's for sure.
3: Are you better than Noah?
1: Ooh, we're actually me and Noah have some good matches. We're both uh both pretty similar players, I think.
3: Hey, we'll we'll talk about the game on Sunday maybe in a bit, but it's a bye week here, so let's just uh, cool the Jets a bit. Uh, you're playing golf throughout the week. Will you be playing uh, slow pitch this weekend? Maybe just explain to our listeners about a big slow pitch game going down on Saturday in honor of a, a great man.
1: Yeah, we're doing the Gary Uren Classic on, on Saturday, so we're doing a uh, Ram Legend. We're going to honor him and, uh, and play a little slow pitch game. I'm going to be there. Uh, I told Nolan that I... I'll come and and hang out for a while and then do that sort of thing, but I don't think I'm going to be playing. I uh, Mm -hmm. hate to turn an ankle or do something like that playing a slow pitch game. That probably wouldn't go over too well.
3: (laughs) Maybe you could just be the manager, be a manager in the press box, or you know, or I guess managers don't sit in the press box. A manager in the dugout or something like that. I could see that happening. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Or a lot of Rams greats, a lot of Rams alumni (laughs) players will be uh, on Saturday. So Mitch, let's talk about this uh, game. On Sunday, a few days ago, I just can't stop thinking about that nice, strong hand catch along the sidelines, and they tried to take it from you. They went to review, and I was like, no. He got his left foot down first. Did you have any doubt when they went to review, or were you kind of scared at some point?
1: No, that's what you kind of know when you catch it. That was one, uh, yeah, I knew that I had at least one foot down, and I knew it was a solid catch, and so I I figured that they were going to let me have that one.
3: Yeah. What's it been like working with Jake Dolagala? Like that throw, that specific throw that I'm talking about, like I don't think many quarterbacks in the Canadian football league can make that throw. I mean he was rolling to his left and it was just like a flick of the wrist, a nice tight spiral right on the spot. Just an effortless throw. What's it like working with Jake the Snake Dolagala?
1: <laughs> no, it's great working with Jake. Uh, me and him are super tight act. We've worked together quite a bit, uh, you know, before camp even last off season and and stuff like that. So yeah, I've worked quite a bit uh, with him. We hang out a bunch. So I feel like we got a little bit of a connection. And uh, yeah, he can make every throw on the field. So uh, yeah, it's, it's it's fun playing with a quarterback like that.
3: Are you a Madden player, Mitch? Do you still play Madden? I'm not. No, not
1: not much of a gamer at all actually.
3: Because the new Madden came out, I think last week. I was I was wondering maybe if the locker room is uh you know having any kind of competition when it comes to Madden. AJ Allen, I talked with AJ Allen I think last week and AJ Allen said that he's the best Madden player in the locker room. Oh it might
1: I- be. I know a bunch of the receivers play what is it, MLB The Show, Ooh, and I yeah. know they have some good competition going on with that, but uh yeah, I'm not too uh, up to date on the Madden situation.
3: W- Mitchell Picton's Siscan- and Rough Riders receiver here on the Western Pizza Hotline. What's a day in the life of Mitchell Pickton look like? Like during a regular uh, day, you know, you, you obviously you have football, but outside of football, maybe just fill in our listeners on, you know, some hobbies that Mitchell Pickton has off the field.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah on off days, we usually we got a pretty good crew of guys that uh, there's six or seven of us that we like to get out and play golf when we can on off days, do stuff like that. But for the most part, usually we go in on off days in the morning and, and work out. and and do that, and then uh, kind of whatever the afternoon holds, uh, yeah, usually around a golf. Uh golf. You know, we usually get together, do a little barbecue, stuff like that. Guys are usually hanging out and, uh, mm. yeah, trying to take care of their bodies a little bit, eat good, and, and do that sort of thing.
3: How are your Pittsburgh Steelers going to do this year?
1: Oh, they're looking good. Preseason's been good. <laughs> I think this is the year that Kenny Pickett's can uh break out and got some serious weapons in that offense. So, yeah, I'm excited to watch the Steelers this year.
3: How do you think my Packers are going to do?
1: I'm hoping for good things for your sake, Pice, but uh, you know, I'm not, not too optimistic with uh, their trigger madness this year. Oh, What's going to happen?
3: That hurts my heart, man. Hey, right. <laughs> Mitchell Picton, thanks for joining us today, and uh, enjoy the bye week, and we'll see you on the other side of the bye at the Labor Day Classic here in just a few short weeks. <laughs>
1: Appreciate it, Clay. Thanks. See
3: you on Saturday. Awesome. That's Mitchell Picton on the Western Pizza Hotline. We're going to hit the break here. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on six twenty CKRM.
2: Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Roughriders is on the Sports Cage right
3: here on the mighty six twenty CKRM. All right, it's five seventeen inside the Sports Cage. Once again, a big thanks. To Riders receiver Mitchell Pickton for joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline quickly as uh, he's off to the golf course. I believe he's going to get uh, a couple swings in, a well-deserved couple swings, Don, on this bye week.
4: Yeah, I can't imagine watching Jake Doligal at 6'7", oh. hitting a golf ball. But you know what, Zinger? You did a great interview with Mitch. Oh, I really enjoyed oh, that. Oh, was, I appreciate uh, that. It light-hearted though. and... And fun to listen to. I
3: appreciate that. You know, these guys, they get asked the same questions, it seems like, all the time. We all know it, you know, during the year. I thought I would take a bit of a different approach and, you know open up the mind of Mitchell Pickton for Ryder Nation a bit. And yeah, Mitchell Pickton is a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And uh, yep. Yep. his Steelers, he... I think Mitch-
4: his dad is too.
3: Yeah, I think so. I think, I think it's passed think down through is. the generations. I always like to yeah. te- I always like to tease Mitchell Pickton about Super Bowl forty-five when <laughs> a certain team beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl that year. I'm not... I don't know what team... Oh, right. It was the Green Bay Packers that beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. Brent Favre. No, it was Aaron Rodgers. Right Aaron Rodgers. Well, oh, that was right. Aaron yeah. Rodgers. That's right. Yeah, was Aaron. That
4: was yeah, I got that mixed yeah, up. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that particular Super Bowl, I was awed by how he threw the football yeah. in well, that Super Bowl. He
3: was Super Bowl MVP though on that fine evening in, in Arlington, Texas at the uh, Cowboys Stadium, now called AT&T Stadium, now, I think. But Whatever. it's Aaron
4: Rodgers, the aging Aaron Rodgers, but he's yeah, we don't going care to do with the Jets. we yeah, don't I care don't. about him anymore.
3: <laughs> Packer fans don't care about him anymore, but you his know?
4: Love, that quarterback, and an empty lamb ball.
3: Oh, yeah, Dr. Love. He <laughs> Dr. Love. I'm
4: not, Dr. Love I, is I absolute. Mitch, was, he, Mitch wasn't high on Dr. Love, I don't yeah, think. Yeah,
3: it kind of broke my heart there. I had, a, I had to find Kleenexes during the commercial breaks. So I got emotional. I don't know It just know breaks my love. heart, huh? Uh, I don't know. Hey, we have to get to your zero, Don Hewitt. We kicked ran off out of Don time. Yeah, we ran out of time. We had Don Hewitt's Heroes and Zeros an Hour Two. But uh so maybe just quickly recap your three uh, heroes and then after that get into your zero. Uh, if I
4: recap my just three, like uh, yeah, heroes will run out
3: of time keep, because keep nobody... it on the train track well, here, just Don. the riders
4: in general, and how I think uh, the team, yeah, how the, the players, te- how want the team plays. Play their quarterback. I yep. like that. Jeremy O'Day gave Craig Dickinson a game game ball. Yep. And uh, what was the third one? I don't even uh, remember. Anyway.
3: Anyways, what was your all zero?
4: positive? about the Rough hey. Riders? T.J. Brunson in the post game show on on Sunday. I begged. Coach Craig, do not take T.J. Brunson out of the lineup again. We thought Hickson would probably be in there. I think Ballsy did too, but oh, Brunson! Oh my goodness, T.J. Brunson. Great so that was to your third
3: lineup. hero, right? T.J. Brunson?
4: Uh no, it was. There was a generic hero, but just how well the team played okay. as well. But anyway, all right. Uh, let's go to the it's the zero fourth and last installment. The yeah zero, and uh, well. Just to go over a recap again of Sunday, the the Zeros were BC Lion players, particularly in the second quarter, who thought they could push Saskatchewan around because probably when they looked at Saskatchewan previous, that's what they thought they could do, and they couldn't. Uh, How about as a zero, BC offensive tackle, Kent Perkins. Oh, yeah. Who was absolutely <laughs> destroyed by Ryder defensive end Anthony Lanier on Sunday. Perkins, five holding penalties in the game, but he should have had 15. If you watched him, at least 10. He was holding constantly. Perkins holding on for dear life versus Lanier. And for good measure, Kent Perkins threw in a procedure Penalty for a little icing on the old cake for Kent Perkins. And I have preached all season, Zinger. And I have preached and pounded the table and yelled and screamed that Anthony Lanier is a defensive tackle, not a defensive end. And he comes into that game against BC as an offensive end and completely <laughs> dominates.
3: Well, that one time he lost his helmet and he got up and he was just like absolutely on fire like oh my god my goodness what more he do you need to get bar- to And get did pumped you hear him sing? No, he just- he was
4: singing at the game cuz I, I sit in the stands. Uh, he was singing he on was, the sidelines. He, a, he was singing to the uh, beer. No, on the big screen. Oh,
3: okay. Yeah, he was no, singing I missed to it. The beer. I'm, I'm in here during the game, Don. Right. Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's a silly thing is yeah. if you could have come on. Don, but anyway, you know this. Come on. I know I do. <laughs> but anyway, he was singing a little song uh, to Charbel de Beer on the big screen, and the fans loved it. Like wow. he is a good singer. Like the uh, multi-talented Anthony
3: Lanier... Belted out a great tune. What kind of vocal chords are we talking about? Like some smooth jazz? Well, he just like belted
4: a, it out. I, oh, okay. uh, what? No, not not smooth jazz. I'm gonna
3: have to get the Blake from the Riders to maybe send me the video. Yes, uh, get him uh, to. Because I, I want to see this. I want to see this video. That's the and, thing. I'm stuck in here during the game, Don. I don't get to see all this entertaining stuff on game day.
4: Well, I know, how was Gainer doing
3: on Sunday? Is Gainer revived? Is he? Does he have a pulse? Was he? Was he?
4: Looking good? I, you know, I barely noticed the poor rat. Oh, I barely poor Gainer. noticed. But, but not only did Anthony Lanier sing to the fans, he also did a little singing to Kent Perkins. Yeah. <laughs> right into the ear hole. Yeah. The Kent Perkins, the number one.
3: Zero of the week. Hey, give or take, uh, let's see, give or take five and a half nightmares that Mr. Perkins has had this week (laughs) of Anthony Lanier just hovering over him in bed. Like, what kind of performance was that? A professional, that is, I'm just going to say it, that is worse than what Natai Rogers put on the field last year for the Rough Riders. (laughs) Remember every single game he got like three or four holding penalties it seemed like, false starts. Thank goodness we get to see it on the other side of the field for once, sound huh? Like that right. was, I mean, yeah. I my... think
4: uh, they were missing their left tackle. I think Kent Perkins is their right tackle. Is he not? Whatever he I is, he's, he's not he very is, good.
1: So... He didn't play very good.
4: <laughs> and then, but I don't care if I'm wrong. When I was pounding the table about Lanier being a defensive tackle, I don't care if I'm wrong. If I'm proven wrong, mm. and a Rough Rider player is running rough shot over a n- opponent player. I'm glad I'm wrong.
3: Yeah, well, I'll take it. That's the kind of performance we've been waiting for. I mean, he's one of the highest-paid defensive linemen. The if not, highest, highest-paid American. Yeah, defensive so defensive I linemen, mean, Anthony yeah. Lanier but the he, second.
4: He earned every penny. Yeah. In that game, and then he topped it off with a sing-song.
3: Yeah. To well, the
4: fans, and I, I mean, I'm gonna quick shout-out to the fans here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the thirteenth man, a little over twenty-seven thousand announced, but I'm telling you, during that game. It sounded like 40. It it was so loud. It's not a sellout, you know, 27-some in a 33-some stadium, but it sounded like a sellout. It was so loud. Hats off to the Rough Rider fans because uh, you helped the team win. There's no question about it. And uh, I said it on the postgame show, the biggest farce, maybe one of the biggest farces in sports is Winnipeg Claiming to have the loudest fans—what a—that's just a joke.
3: Anytime that you come over to Mosaic
4: in a game like that, see what twenty-seven plus can do.
3: Mm Any time that you have to advertise along your sidelines saying that you have the loudest fans in the league, that is what you call insecurity, (laughs) Don. You know, it's like someone who's insecure about their looks and they, you know, go around saying, "Oh, I'm better looking than that guy. I'm better looking than that." Well, are you really? Better looking than that guy. You, know if what, you have Zinger, to tell I'm people. I'm going to tell you
4: right now. I'm better looking than you. All, oh, wait
3: a minute! Did I just say that? <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Like yeah, they have you that. You along, have to put up
4: a sign. Yeah, that's I mean
3: right. that. That's a good point, though, because Luke Mullender said during the broadcast that the like the fans reminded him of his playing days at the old Taylor Field because yeah, that's how that's how loud they were, and yeah. you could really. You could really feel that during the broadcast. Like, you could really, I mean, I'm not going to they weren't drowning out our guys, Michael and Luke, but you could really just tell, like, it was amplified at Mosaic Stadium on Sunday, and hopefully we can keep that train rolling because, I mean, the Labor Day Classic is here next, so uh, what a perfect game to do so.
4: I've always said... You know, when you're covering the Rough Riders, you can't fool anybody mm-hmm. because the Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans are very well informed, uh, probably more than any other team in the league because so much focus is just on football and the Rough Riders in this community. You can't fool them. So when they see an effort, a physical effort, and the effort that the team is giving, I think of the offensive line, maybe at the top of the list. Uh, they appreciate it, and it makes them louder because they see the blood, sweat, and tears that's going mm-hmm. on in the field. They haven't seen that all the time this season. They, you know, you could say they were exhausted in Montreal, but you could also say they weren't giving that blood, sweat, and tears. You could say sort of a it was a combo. Uh, but when they see that, they appreciate it. They are so big time behind the football team, but the football team has to give that. And that's the, that's the thing. They have to continue to give that for the rest of the season.
3: Should we play some Sastow Pick the Score, Don? I'm getting You're all, in charge. I'm getting all, all amped up here for the Labor Day Classic, talking about all this crowd noise and stuff. Well, let's play Sastow Pick the Score. The winner today will take home two tickets to see the Labor Day Classic in person. And arguably... The biggest game on the schedule every single year. You don't need me to tell you this, Rider Nation, is the Labor Day Classic. And it's coming up here September 3rd. And I got two tickets for you. All you have to do is call us up. 306-936-6262. And I'm going to take caller number, well... It's a secret. I'm gonna take whatever caller I feel like it when I look at the board. I'm just gonna do a eeny meeny miny You're mo. In charge, so, yeah. so call us up right now. Let's take the caller live on the air. We're gonna we're gonna do it risque today, Don. Right. This it is what you call right live? Yeah, right live. This is what you call risky radio one oh one with Zinger and Don. Who do we have on the Western Pizza Hotline? Hello. Hello. Hey there, how are you doing today?
8: I'm
11: doing fine, thanks.
3: Right on. Who's calling today? El Marine Turgeon. There you go. Have you won tickets with us in the past ninety days? I have to ask because that's the protocol. No, I haven't. Right on. So this is just perfect. So Good. what all you have to do to take home two tickets to this Labor Day Classic. I'm sorry, what's your first name again? El Marine. El Marine. All you have to do is give us your score prediction for the Labor Day Classic, and then just Oh okay. just like that, I'll you'll win say, tickets to the big game. Yep.
11: Twenty-one eighteen for the
3: riders. Right oh. That's what I'm like talking about. I knew I would selected a good person on the board when I you when did. I punched you in here. So twenty-one. Well, I'm glad you did. Yeah, twenty-one eighteen <laughs> riders. So I got two tickets for you for the Labor Day Classic. What'd you think of the performance on Sunday? I'm sure you were one happy camper.
9: I sure was. That was awesome.
3: Yeah. Who's your favorite rider player? If you had to pick just one this year on the 2023 team.
7: Oh gosh, I don't know. There are a few. Mm. Um Schaefer
3: Baker is one. Yeah, there we go. Keen Schaefer Baker and his yeah. first quarterback scores a touchdown. It didn't take him long for the old right Schaefer. Off the bat. Yeah, the old Schaefer Baker to be in the end zone. All right, so I'll tell you what. I'll just put you on hold here, and der- uh, during the commercial break, I'll take down some uh, info from you, and uh, and then you can come pick up your tickets. Corner of Twelfth and Rose, downtown Regina, at the Harvard Media Studio. I uh, will leave them up at the front receptionist for you.
7: Okay. That's awesome.
3: We have a winner. Oh, and I accidentally cut her off there. She said, thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening. Hang on. No. Yeah, well, hang on there. And we're going to hit the break. And on the other side of the break, it's press coverage with Glenn Suter here on this Tuesday inside the cage. I'm Sean Kleisinger alongside Don Hewitt today for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker at 533 is for Busy B overhead. Busy B will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy B doors, the garage door specialists. Well, the Montreal Alouettes, their quarterback, Cody Fajardo, will start against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on Thursday night. That's a big news note across the Canadian Football League today. And the other big one is the Edmonton Elks announced Tuesday that Rick La Legere, uh, who previously enjoyed a decade of success of the, as the club's president and CEO from 2002 to 2011, is returning to the Double E to serve as the interim president and CEO effective immediately. So that's a uh, big news out of Edmonton. And uh, what else have we got across the National Football League today? We talked about this earlier, but if you missed it, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they have named Baker Mayfield their starting quarterback, beating out Kyle Trask in training camp, and the Toronto Blue. Jays. They are in action tonight versus uh, the Baltimore Orioles at Camden Yards in Baltimore, Maryland. This is a very big game for the Jays for obvious reasons. It's a Tightly contested playoff race right now in the American League. And the Blue Jays are up two to one right now in the top of the second. So off to a good start in Baltimore. I'm just trying to see how did the Jays get their runs? I'm very intrigued now. Uh, Varsha with a nice home run for the Blue Jays. So, uh, there you have it. The Jays were down one to nothing after one inning. Now they take a two to one lead now in the top of two.
5: Every time Saskatchewan gets in second and long, they've been bringing
8: Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of bounds. It's time
2: for press coverage as former Ryder greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Ryder Nation.
3: And press coverage is for Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. It's the August 22nd edition of press coverage with our friend Glenn Suter. I'm Sean Kleisinger filling in for Michael Ball today, and I am alongside the legend himself, Don Hewitt, across the board from me. Uh, Glenn Suter, I guess we'll start in Edmonton because big news today out of Edmonton. Big topic in the Canadian Football League. The Elks announced Tuesday that Rick Langier, who previously enjoyed a a decade of success, I mean, going back to 2002 to uh, 2011, I believe it was, a couple of great cup wins in there. He will be serving as the interim president and CEO, effective immediately. So that's, uh, I would say, good news for the Edmonton Elks.
6: I think it's very good news, son, and I, and I just want you to know that I will not call you Michael today. Oh, yeah, that's right, that too. That yeah. <laughs> a, couple, a, couple of, a couple of hits ago, you were filling in, and as we said goodbye, I said, thanks, Michael, just out of habit. Yeah, but
3: and it uh, went way over my head. I didn't even notice it at the time. It was Blaine Wyland that uh, pointed it out after we went <laughs> off the air, and I was like, what? He called me Michael? Oh, that's okay. I'm the voice of the riders now, I guess. I'm Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
6: Michael. <Bull." laughs>
3: yeah, so uh, now, No worries about uh,
6: it. No, but you're 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 right. I mean, uh, you know, Rick Wollisher is is he's he's so well respected in the league. First of all, Um, he has earned tremendous respect from the fan base in Edmonton, uh, the corporate, uh, you know, the corporate entity in Edmonton, Edmonton, all the business people, and um, you know, every every aspect of the organization. He's sort of. Uh, run from a privately uh, owned team to a publicly owned team and that alone will bring in expertise because you got to believe and I I don't think this is a priority for the board but I I think it would be discussed at this point that um, they may be looking at private ownership and changing the public model and you can't think of a better guy who helped navigate Amar Doman with the estate of, of Mr. Braley uh, here in Vancouver. And he's he's gone through that process. He understands it. He's also gone through the due diligence of finding the right owner for Mr. Braley or helping him to find it or helping him to sort of vet any ownership group that was coming in and interested and make sure that they got the right guy and they have the right guy in Vancouver. So... For a lot of reasons, the respect he's earned in Edmonton and other organizations, um, you know, the fact that he's worked in both a publicly owned team and a privately owned team. And also, you know, that he can sit in the board of governor meetings with such a tremendous amount of experience, you know, and just from everything from rule changes to policy changes to roster sizes to finances. No, all of those things. When he sits in a board of uh, governor's meeting, he's he's a regular. He knows what he's doing in there. So uh, I think for all of those reasons, this is a great move for Edmonton.
4: Uh, It's uh, Don here. uh, Suits haven't talked to you for a while, Um, so let me get this straight. I mean, we were talking earlier. Uh, in this show about how unique the CFL is with three community-owned teams and some of the things they can do, like all the football helmets the Bombers gave uh, to all the football, uh, high school football in Manitoba. And and for sure, if you've got the right private owner like they do right now in BC, it can be a good thing. But are you hearing now that they are actually going to consider possibly selling the team and, and, and... and stepping away from owning it uh, as a community?
6: No, I'm, I'm glad you asked that, Don, because I've, I'm not hearing it. That's, that's
4: okay. I maybe uh, I misunderstood. Is,
6: yeah, no, this isn't this isn't sort of an inside information hint. It's um, I, I just think when the club is in the situations it's in right now, um, based on the last two years, and then co- coming out of COVID, and you know every team being hit the way it was hit, and then the the, the last two years of really struggling, they're in a financial situation now that I think it would probably come up in a meeting or two. I, and again, mm-hmm. this is pure speculation that they would say, you know, like, let's just explore the what-if scenario. And, you know, I I, I think if, if I were to guess, I don't know Tom Richards very well. He's the chair of the board. Um, but... I, I would guess that he would be uh, very reluctant to go in that direction and want to stay at the publicly owned realm. But uh, again, I, I want to be clear: it, it's not inside information that I'm yeah, hearing yeah. that they're going to discuss this. I, I just think, it, in their situation, it, it would make sense. You want to you want to turn over every rock, right, and, and make sure that you've you've looked into all aspects of the organization.
4: One thing that in, in looking at the Board. It was probably three big mistakes in a row that they've made. I'm not going to bother going over those mistakes that have partly resulted or in large part resulted in where they're at. Uh, But one thing, if you take a look at who's been, uh, you know, the chairman of the board in the last two or three instances, it was somebody that was a transplant into Edmonton and not somebody who stayed there and was born and raised in Edmonton. How important to think... That is for them to you know the board, I mean most of them probably from Edmonton, but to to have people that understand the city and community
6: well, I think it's huge, and um you know i I think even maybe more important is the understanding of the game whether whether you're talking about a board member or a president, you know I think your overall understanding of the Canadian Football League, not just football in general. Well, right. not just sports in general, but the Canadian Football League and, and all the nuance and what makes the game great. Like, that that Ryder BC game was such a great showcase because one of the highlights of that game was special teams. Mm-hmm. You guys have already talked about it on the show. I mean, you know, the kicking game and the special teams are not a problem or a burden or something that needs to be fixed in the Canadian Football League. It is the one of the aspects we should be selling and leaning into big time because it is so exciting, whether it's a cover unit or a great returner like Mario Alford. So, um, you know, I, I think when I – sometimes when we look at presidents that have changed, we – as a league, I say we, but, you know, the league, depending on who is in charge at the time, and this goes back for years now, I think they look at business acumen, of course, they they look at past – you know, are are these people that they're hiring – have they been involved in, you know, the the, the sport, uh, the business of sport in some capacity somewhere? So, in other words, a guy from Nike or a guy that used to work in a different sport, you know, and I think with Victor Cuia was MMA. Um, so, they look at that and they say, well, that qualifies him. I, I'm not sure that's the best way to prioritize mm-hmm. when you're looking at a resume. I think for us, it should be... Do they understand the Canadian Football League, the game itself? And do they understand what exactly we should be selling with the Canadian football? What should be the message when we're selling our style, our brand of game? And I think maybe that's where there can be a disconnect with some of the executives.
3: Yeah, big news today out of Edmonton. Rick Lawlisher, the new interim president and CEO effective immediately for the Edmonton Elks. This is press coverage with Glenn Suter here on the Western Pizza Hotline for Quality Tire. All right, Glenn, let's talk about this game that happened a couple days ago. You were there in attendance in the press box. How loud was Mosaic Stadium on Sunday? Because I wasn't there. I had to do my duties here. But Don and I were talking. That might have been the loudest Mosaic Stadium has been. Um, I don't know. Do, Do I dare say ever the new Mosaic Stadium? Like, it was pretty loud. So I hear. Yeah,
6: I, I was out, yeah, it was outstanding. It was, uh, well, it, I mean, first of all, it's always great to do a game. Mm-hmm. I, I look forward to every game. I get to be in the booth there. Um, you know, I know Winnipeg, and I heard Don talk about how you know they've claimed the loudest crowd, and I, you know, I, I once years ago tried to have some sort of competition there to see if we could measure that, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know, I don't even remember what the results were. But you, you know what? This it's it's always great, but it was a different level in this one, and you know why? It's it's this simple. They're so engaged, the fan base understood as the players did the the, the importance of that game. Yep. That exactly. you know, you're on the you're on the cusp here of win, and you're in the fight for maybe even home field. Lose, and you may be out. You know, I mean, it, there's a lot of football to be played, so it's, there's no must win scenario here. But I, I just I think the fan base completely understood the importance, as did the players, and that's why you saw the special teams intensity that set the tone yes, for that game. Yep from the Rough Riders that
4: the Lions didn't match. Oh, great, great comments, Glenn, couldn't agree more. Now, I'm gonna switch sort of topics here because I found this to be so funny. Uh, And that is uh, the fact that uh, when you're you're a, a known media celebrity or personality, uh, particularly at a level like TSN, which is which is national, and no matter what you do, no matter how good you are, you're going to get complimented and you're going to get criticized. You could be the best color man in the world, or play-by-play man, or sideline reporter, and you'll still get criticized. And the funniest, goofiest, and dumbest criticism I have ever seen in my life was during and after this game where people were criticizing our own Britt Dort from CTV Regina for interviewing Daryl Jones of Save On Fool Foods and the criticism was, what does he know about football? And anybody that knows anything about business knows that Save On Foods, which is owned by a Saskatchewan product, Jim Pattison, is a big client of TSN and a big sponsor of the CFL, and thank goodness they are. Uh, Britt obviously doing an interview, which was likely in the contract, a client obligation. She kept it short, she did a good job of it. But when I when I saw the criticism, uh, I just, I thought that is the dumbest criticism I've ever heard in my entire life. And so I was gonna ask you, I'm sure you would agree, but I was gonna ask yeah. you, what, what is the dumbest criticism that you've ever seen for people criticizing TSN, yourself, or whatever? I just thought I'd, I just thought I'd throw that at you and yeah. tell me something funny. How stupid some of it is.
6: <laughs> well done. You know, it, it's taken me a few years now, uh, but and it's been a few years since I have stopped going down those rabbit holes. Um, you know, I, yeah, I think what we do. I, I, you know, I think what we do is is very subjective. I mean. You know i think it really sometimes comes down to what's your favorite color really i mean i see passive uh uh, you know attacks on how i do it i i always get and sometimes they're back-to-back tweets where one fan thinks i'm compensating and hard on the riders the very next fan on the tweet thinks that I'm backing the riders and cheering for them (laughs) because I used to play for them, Yeah, you know, and they, and they are are honestly one after another. I I think though, what's most important about that stuff and, you know, Brit's young, but she is, she is a rock star
5: uh, on our
6: sideline and is doing a fantastic job. um, And always wants to learn more. And she's, she's a great teammate too. So, you know, I'll defend her and I'll defend our crew and what we do, but you know, The thing you got to look at, I think, as a fan when you see those things is where is it coming from from a credibility standpoint? Like, you know, I could say I'm I'm talking about the TV broadcast um, as an expert in it It is is if I if I'm not an expert, if it's just a guy, just somebody who's never worked national network TV and he's claiming that or she's claiming that. It's kind of kind of like me saying, you know what i I am an expert in aeronautics and I have experience as an astronaut because I watch Star Trek. <laughs> you know, it's, it's 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 honestly. I I think you know it's very subjective. So you can have your favorite people and you can have the people that you just don't like. That's fine, no problem to me. But if you're going to dig in and criticize and you know talk about technique and how you did it and what you did and all those things and you have zero expertise in the area then take that for what it's worth yeah which isn't very much
4: <laughs> no actually uh kudos for some technology you were using there as sort of that dotted line tracking technology you had something sort of new if yeah, you, you know, that know. was really good what tell me about that
6: Well, Don, that's, that's brand new. Like we, this is, and they're doing it in the NFL too, where this is the same company working with both us. It's, it's, I think they're out of Vancouver, but same company, and they're working with us, and they're working with the networks down south to, um, add these new tools to the Telestrator. And there has been a few glitches that we're still working out. Like sometimes when I mark the player, that the dotted line will show you his path which i think is fantastic yes and it's going to look really cool sometimes when he gets close to another player or an official it jumps over to that other player the the uh and they're working out these bugs mm-hmm. but when 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 they're all done and you know they'll get there when they're all done and we've got it all set and we and we learn how to use it too let's be let's be honest there i mean i got to you know you know be smooth in the in the way I apply it, but it's going to be cool and it's going to be new innovation. And we're always trying to find that. We're always trying to look for new ways to present the game.
3: Oh, that's so exciting! And how about the, we then mention this, uh, Don and Glenn, that nice watermelon head that the CEO was wearing. I saw Gainer come <laughs> over and put it on. It was nice and shiny. It was nice and fresh looking. That's what I'm talking about. You know, for a couple. You
6: know what? You know what? I'm sorry, singer I Didn't mean to. No, me. go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, and when you talk about Daryl and that interview, that interview took, you know, a minute. It took 30 seconds, 45 seconds or whatever it was. Daryl in the the interview, who I've never met before, by the way, but in the interview said it was the best game on the planet, so I can't think of better messaging to send out there. Mm -hmm. And finally... To to put 60 seconds together in a three-hour game, if anyone's criticizing that when it's an absolute monster sponsor for our game and to build our game financially so players get more, refs get more, you know, all of that. I think we can spare sixty seconds. <laughs> yeah, I I yeah. loved that well when said. I saw
3: when I saw that live. I was like, okay, you know, anytime you can get Gainer the Gopher on TV too in the background, I'm all for it. <laughs> so we don't see Gainer enough on the on the. I'm just saying, we need more Gainer the Gopher. Revive the Gopher, Don Hewitt and Glenn. Uh, Glenn, we have about a, a minute left here. We're, we'll just keep you for uh, for one segment here, since it's uh you know. It's a bye week and such, but how do you feel about this Ryder team going into the bye week? They're 5-5. Five five. Next up is the Labor Day Classic. I know it's kind of a generic question, but maybe just give a you know a, an overhead view of where the Saskatchewan Rough Rider team is right now. Sitting pretty in the West Division as far as the playoff spot goes in third place.
6: Well, it's a, it's a good feeling where you are right now after what happened on the weekend. And mm-hmm. um, you know, and I because not not just the win, not just the W. The W is huge and important, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't just that. It was the play of Jake Gallagher. I mean, that that is going to give the entire team a boost. Even if Mason is healthy, that's still now now you have two that you can trust and and it, it starts to build confidence. Schaefer Baker makes an immediate impact in his return. Sam Emelis is working his way into the discussion as the top Canadian in the game. Yeah, I think. And, and and it's a defense that'll keep you close in every playing at their best, and and they can play at their best. Lanier is done. He's he's playing pretty good at the end.
4: <laughs> <saying>. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, one thing, uh, Glenn, is that the old code that you can't. Uh, lose your job because of an injury i mean they got to throw that coat out the window i mean it's professional yeah, football malarkey, you can get hired and fired with wins and losses and you've got to play who you think you've got the best chance to win regardless of how that person got the job
6: yeah i you know i, I think that that saying is sort of it's overused and i'm not sure it's even close to true i i think <laughs> You, you don't lose your job as in, when you're injured if you're Zach Kolaris or Ricky Ray or right. in that stage in your career. But anybody else after that, you don't lose your job to injury until you do. <laughs> so yeah. That's, 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 that's the truth of that one. I mean, like, let's be honest. You know, when you're down to, when you're looking at your number two and your number three and you're trying to manufacture wins, uh, that thing kind of goes out the window.
3: So, Glenn, what games do you got this week? It's my daily or my weekly encounter where I ask you uh, your slate of games. We're kicking off the week with uh, Montreal in Winnipeg. Are you on the call for that one?
6: I I am. I am leaving tomorrow, back on Air Canada. And Fingers crossed and uh, <laughs> knock on wood, and and then yeah, and then uh, back for BC Hamilton at BC. So it'll mm. be. Uh, Interesting matchup. Cody Fajardo back. Zach is back on Thursday night. And the BC line, Vernon Adams is in the discussion for MOP with the way he's throwing the ball right now.
3: Definitely. Some of those throws he was making in the second half was just absolutely unbelievable. Tight spirals, tight windows. VA was on point. Hey, Glenn, thanks for your time today. We'll uh, talk to you later in the week. John. Thank you. Yes. He's got it. Got I'm it. Sean hey, today. He's Sean. <laughs> but I want to be the voice of the Riders. Call me Michael. Call me Michael. <laughs> no. Thanks, Glenn. We'll talk to you later, my friend. See ya. So, yeah, That's Press coverage with Glenn Suter here on the Western Pizza Hotline for Quality Tire, Don.
4: The crazy thing about that game was that Vernon Adams threw for 445 <laughs> yards, three touchdowns, and lost. Yeah. But 5-0 turnovers versus Saskatchewan, 5-1 sacks, uh Jake Dolagala, the offense got four touchdowns, but
3: you don't see a guy lose with those stats very often. No, you don't. We're gonna wrap the show up next. On the other side, you are listening to the sports cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk.
2: This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM.
3: And then we are up against the clock. The final few seconds here on Tuesday's show. I do want to say, check it out right now. If you want to come to Miami, Florida, CAA second annual Ultimate Sports Trip, you can join Michael Ball, Terry Kazas for their second annual uh, big-time trip down south. It's coming up here in Miami, Florida, December 5th to 12th. Get to see two NHL games, the Dallas Stars and the Florida Panthers, and I believe box seating for that game, by the way. And uh, the other NHL game is the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, versus the Florida Panthers. And on Monday Night Football, The Tennessee Titans taking on the Miami Dolphins. It's going to be a fun, Mm. a very fun trip. Uh, The package includes round-trip airfare from Regina and Saskatoon, transportation from the airport to hotel, all the transportation you need from the hotel and games, seven nights at the Comfort Inn uh, Deerfield Beach, uh, just outside of Miami, daily breakfast, food and beverage, and the before-mentioned box seating, all of this for two thousand. $799 $799 per person. You can check it out on CAA's website or you can check it out in person at any of the CAA's uh, locations across southern Saskatchewan here, Don. So it's been well.
4: And the good news is yeah. you'll be with Balzi, who at that point in time will be able to talk. Yeah, well, he will have a voice.
3: I hope so, because that would mean Balsy would be on the shelf for the rest of the Riders season, and we need Balsy oh, to call not. a Western Final, huh? That's what I'm talking about. He'll be calling it. See what I did there? And, West Final? Uh, yeah, he'll you, be
4: calling it, yeah. and uh, we hope that everything's going okay with Balsy today. He'll be back in the big chair where Balsy belongs yeah. tomorrow.
3: Hey, thanks for coming in today, Don. Appreciate it. Enjoyed it, it, it was there, fun. Uh, Zinger. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Sports Cage. If you missed any of today's show, you can find it on demand or wherever you find your podcast. Have yourself some... Western pizza for supper tonight.
2: Today's Sports Cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source 620 CKRM.